Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast where moments ago, Steve was singing. I, I was, not now though. <laughs> yeah. Well, just know that he was, and you don't get to hear it, so... Send your hate mail to awards radar care of Steve Brzezikowski. If we start a Patreon, uh, that's what we can uh, we can offer up my wonderful singing. Okay, yeah, that that'll be the the a higher tier though. You got to pay extra for that. <laughs> there you go. We'll figure. Yeah, we'll figure that. Miles, we'll figure out something embarrassing for you to do. Oh, when when are we not doing that? That's true. We'll monetize it though. Like the last hundred and seventy three episodes. Yeah. Oh no. Here's the problem. If we if we monetize, you, you know. There would be something making a comeback that Miles would not be thrilled about. Oh, don't even, don't even <laughs> gesture in that direction, you motherfucker. Oh, we'd, it's, we'd it's spin it off. Too early in the episode for me to start cursing at you. No, so no, save it for we'd Joey spin it. January. Yeah, we eh, we ended on a high note. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, we would spin it off, though. You know that person's gone. Person anthropomorphized food, but you know there's a whole range of less problematic characters we created. What of Heather Graham Cracker? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Who, who's... That was the one... <laughs> yes, Steve, you perked up. Like, yes! <laughs> she's a uh, classic. Yeah, no, she'll, she'll, we'll figure out something. All right, yeah, look for that in three to five years when we get around to that. Um, for now, this is a weird episode because we spent so much time on the Oscar stuff, right? And it kind of just like boom, boom happened. There's not a lot going on at the moment. So we can, we can kind of take a, a breather a little bit. Sundance happened, but I didn't go, so it only sort of happened. And I gotta tell you, I didn't mind it. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, Steve, as you know, is here. Miles is here. Steve, have you seen anything? No, nothing new since, you know, just the Oscar stuff. That's okay. about it. And, and TV shows, you know, I'm catching up. Yeah, yeah. Catching up on some old ones, and, and uh, as I mentioned in the pregame, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which will be premiering on... Prime Video, by the time mm. you hear this, I believe, is uh, it's quite good. I'm surprised okay. they're dropping it all at once. I think it's uh, I think it's very much worth your watch. Nice. Um, and then, Miles, you're going to wrap up the January viewings in a minute. Have you been to the movies for anything? Not yet, but uh, I'll okay. catch up with American Fiction and Zone of Interest at some point in the coming weeks. Cool. Uh, well, cool for one of them and... Okay, report back on the other. Um, I uh, question for you actually. I I didn't think of it this way while watching it, but Godzilla minus one prequel, right? Not really. No. I saw someone mention it as a prequel. It has a prequel, I, or it is a prequel. That it is a prequel to the original. I mean, it, that doesn't make sense with the timeline. It's well, well, that's what I was asking about because I was confused because they were aware of Godzilla. No. In not the really. narrative. I mean, yes. Well, no, they... Well, but in the sense that he's a wild animal, not so much that it's... He has a different origin than he does in the original. Sure. No, I... I, I mean, I guess... I, I don't... Because I didn't buy this either. I was like, I was confused by the idea that it was a prequel. I think but somebody's saying that because timeline-wise, it would be if they shared the same continuity. But my understanding sure. is that it's meant to be its own thing. I, I think so, too. I, I, you'd have to really, I think, stretch it to assume that the original, per se, Godzilla, arises 
from the results of the end of this one. Well, exactly. And I think this one, if you were to continue it, there's some elements of mythology that aren't continued in the later slash earlier movies. So it just, yeah. I, I don't think that tracks. No, I don't think so either. They're going to make more though, I think. I would like to believe At this that. point. My one concern about that they're going to have to introduce the other monsters eventually if they keep going, right? Presumably, yeah. They just, it always falls off a cliff. Uh, yes and no. I would argue the MonsterVerse got better once they started doing that. I mean, depends on... Did you on, watch I, the Monarch series yet? No, no I haven't I seen haven't. the series. But Godzilla vs. Kong is kind of the only one of those that I like. Yeah, but that's silly. This is not going to be silly. I would argue that most of them get pretty silly. That's the cliff you're talking about. That's true. I don't want this one to go off the, the silly cliff. I like that it was, well, not dour, was kind of serious. Okay, so sadly, I have not seen it yet. It is not. It doesn't go silly? Like, what's oh, the no, difference it's, between... It's no. quite silly. It's okay. Quite, or, uh, not silly, sorry. It's quite... It, it's it's played straight, but, like, it does it by, like, getting you to invest in the human characters as opposed to just, like, being I'm trying to think of the like right the 2014 version. I'm trying to think of the right comparison. Yeah, because like the 2014 one I like, but that one's almost depressing, right? This one is trying to think of the right blockbuster to compare it to where it's like, it's not, there's not really winky jokes. It's It's more, there's situational humor, but again, it has more to do with liking the characters and. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, 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 the guys on the boat. Exactly. Couple, there's some good lines in that. Um, I don't have a great example because we're so like American blockbusters are so trained to be like, and by the way, we've got our wise talking grandpa. Yeah, it's kind of its own <laughs> thing, which I appreciate. Like, I mean, yeah, indep- like Independence Day, right? Sure. In some ways is is doing a lot of the things a blockbuster should do right. And it's fairly serious. But then like there's there's Jeff Goldblum and his dad bickering in the car going to the White House, right? Yeah, well, it's it's wacky in a way that wasn't yet tiresome for Roland Emmerich movies. Yeah, no, that that did not continue on the right <laughs> trend. Uh, his Godzilla being almost a comedy. Yeah, and almost uh, unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, all right. Off of that for a minute. Um, you want to do you want to do Joey's January while you're here? Well, you're well, not like you're not going anywhere. But oh while yeah, we're talking. bye guys. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Have a good you night. Stay. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, so I finished it up today. Uh, we're recording yes. on the 31st of January, so I um, I have a solid week's worth to get through. Um, some highs, some lows, some middle ground. Uh, it's nothing And a is... pivot. And a pivot. Yes, there was a pretty... Well, so the pivot came pretty early. So yes. uh, last week, I believe we left off on Carol, which I quite liked. Yeah, um, that, was, that was in the realm of... So I think people gathered what we were doing by now but in case you didn't right what grew out of a a half joke that we then took seriously kind of dovetailed into a couple of different versions of things right there was the movies i like right that you haven't seen that was an element of this there were just also movies you haven't seen that you should have seen which was maybe the og version it was was maybe less yeah these are joey's favorites and more recommendations from joey like i always with the exception of the original dolomite i always deferred to you before adding anything new to the list yeah i well because the idea was obviously things you haven't seen the follow-up idea was things i liked ideally or things i thought you would have a a take on so like we, we we did go over this enough to make sure nothing was meant for you to hate 
there was obviously going to be stuff you didn't like. Also, it's more fun that way. It's uh, conversationally not as interesting if you have 31 raves slash that was all right slash that was okay. You kind of do need the range. Yeah. I don't know that I would, uh, that I preferred the ones that you didn't like to be the ones you didn't like, but that comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. And then there was a little bit of just like what thematically fits in with things we've been talking about. And then inevitably the pivots of this isn't available or as you'll talk about in a minute, can we change the the direction of a couple of these movies? Yeah. Well, so the first one uh, this week is the one that triggered that pivot, uh, which is Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, I'm a big Nick Cage fan, and I'd never seen the movie he won his Oscar for. Yeah, um, which is enough to sell you on it. Yes. And it's, it had always been on my list. I was always going to watch it eventually. Yeah. Uh, um, and I've seen it. I didn't really like it. <laughs> it's Fair enough. so depressing. And it is very depressing. It's it's very much a film that stews in its own misery. And listen, the performances are great. Cage is, he's going big, but he's going big in a way where you always feel the humanity under the surface. Um, and I get, there's just enough complexity there that I wouldn't question the Oscar win, even if it wouldn't make my top five of his roles that I would give him an Oscar for. Um that said, I thought the scene stealer was Elizabeth Shue. Every moment oh, no, she, she was is, on screen, it was like a whirlwind, and it just—it was—it's it's in—it's insane she didn't win. Well, and I know I'm not the first person to have this perspective. It's even a running joke in Hamlet too. But it's just kind of wild that her career never really took off after that because she is phenomenal, and it's and playing a very tricky role, I would say. You know, she has the harder role. He has the showy role. Exactly. Now, what I'll tell you is he. He didn't beat, like, world beaters, but it's interesting that he won. She lost in a way that, like, you you saw it coming. The weirder part is, and I, I don't know, obviously it, it missed direct, it missed picture, but it's a lone director nominee. That's interesting. Especially because the director nomination. hasn't gone on to do much. No, this this was this was kind of his thing. He made a couple of things. He's but, worked, like, I, but I, he hasn't made, it like, a big film on this same level since. No, I, I, and like, I don't know of him being like a problem to work with or anything. I know I watched, um, Time Code, which was that one that has like more than like a bunch of different scenes playing out at the same time. It's, it didn't do it for me, but I, and then I don't think I've seen anything else except, um, he made Cold Creek Manor, that like shitty thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't even know if it's shitty. I just remember it being like, whatever. But then sort of after that he was, oh no, it has a 12 (laughs) on Rotten Tomatoes. It's shitty. Um, and then it's kind of been over. I think he made, he made like a documentary that I saw years back. Yeah. He seems to be mostly working in TV and docs and stuff lately. Yeah. Oh, he does, um, TV commercials or something. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I'm sure he's happy. Yeah. He's also 75. He's He's an older guy than I thought. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it, it, even on its own as like, it's not what you would expect to be a lone director nominee. Not at all. No. Yeah. It's, I don't Even, know, it's it's very shaggy, it's very, the pacing is kind of all over the place, it's, I, I, it's probably meant to replicate sort of the vibes of somebody who's in this sort of constant state of alcoholism, and yes. it definitely gets at all that heavy stuff, but it's just, for me, this one was so heavy, and I think coming off the back of several other very heavy ones that I just recently watched, including some that I actively hated... Yeah. This was the one where I had to message Joey and be like, "Can I? Can we sub in some lighter movies, please?" I'm, I'm. Yeah. It's one sad drama too many. 
We probably um, should have we probably should have had this one a little earlier in the month. Well, a lot of the order sort of came down to which ones does Kelly want to see and which days will she be yeah. available to watch them. No, that's so fine. that ended up having more to do with it than anything else. Um, I actually will say it's a net positive that we made the switch considering the the two that so. we added. <laughs> well, also, one of them we'll talk about in a second was was one that I don't know why we didn't have it on the list because it fits a different criteria. I, and I the think, other I think I think I'd... it was on the original long list, but the first time I checked it wasn't available. Yeah. And the other one was a sort of a lark that I think I'd maybe mentioned once, or I, it was on my own sort of long list, but I was like, I don't know, it's small and fun, and like, it, I don't, I didn't, I'm glad you had a stronger opinion than I thought about that other one, which we'll talk about in a minute, but you know, it's wild. So Mike Figgis takes a nomination away from Ron Howard and Apollo 13. That is wild. That feels like a directing nod shoe-in. Braveheart wins Best Picture, Apollo 13, Babe, Il Postino, and Sense and Sensibility, right? So there's two lone directors, right? So you have Braveheart matchup with Mel Gibson. You have Babe matchup. You have Michael Radford, Il Postino matchup. Ron Howard misses. Ang Lee misses. Fascinating. And they miss, and they miss for Mel Gibson. I mean, so, for, sorry, for Mike Figgis and Tim Robbins' Dead Man Walking. That's fascinating. Yeah. Now, now Cage, Cage beats uh, Richard Dreyfuss and Mr. Holland's Opus. I don't think that was necessarily a threat. He also had already won. Um, Anthony Hopkins and Nixon. I don't know that that was a thing. I know, like, he was liked in a movie that was meh. Um, Sean Penn, Dead Man Walking. That was probably his main competition. And the yeah. late Massimo uh, Trussi for Il Postino. Though I want, I don't want Cage to lose. It's one of my favorite Oscar-winning performances. But if Penn wins that one, do we maybe get him... To stop beating people we like better? Maybe. I mean... He, he doesn't I, have I like Oscars one of Penn, in that world. I, I, I like one of Penn's wins a lot better than the other. Sure, but you'd prefer, I think, Bill Murray and Mickey Rourke over either of them. Uh, debatable. Well, I think, we, I think the Bill Murray one I would have liked a few years ago more. <clears throat> I mean, I still like the performance, but, you know. I think I'm a little less gung-ho on getting Bill Murray an Oscar. Yeah, well, aren't we all? And then... Yeah, well, alas. Um, and then Elizabeth Shue lost to Susan Sarandon for Dead Man Walking. Yeah, that like that makes sense to me. But she was definitely number two. Sharon Stone Casino wasn't going to happen because they didn't like the movie. Right. M Meryl Streep Bridges Madison County and Emma Thompson Sense and Sensibility. They were already giving Emma Thompson screenplay. It's a pretty damn good she, list. Yeah. She beat Leaving Las Vegas and adapted. Well, well there you, you go. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up on this one, because you just you like performance is good, movie is depressing. Yeah. Um, do you know about the writer? Uh, not offhand. Oh, the author of the book. <clears throat> this will track for you. Um, he finished the book, sold it, and committed suicide. Yeah, that absolutely tracks. <laughs> yeah, I've read the book. It's not as good as the movie. It's it, a lot of it's there, but the movies. I will concede that the movie probably doesn't work without them. It, it's Cage and especially Shu. Yeah. Yeah, I think well, and the movies I will say is at its best when it's sort of honing in on their sort of unique relationship yeah. and the sort of the idea of these damaged people who are able to find love because they don't judge each other for yeah. their various hangups. I will also say I like the direction, kind of mixing the jazz music. That's got a jazzy. The, the narrative is kind of jazzy, sure. in that it's free free form and stuff. And also, I will say Julian Sands playing an amazing creep. 
Yeah, he's great in his like handful of scenes before he disappears from the movie. Well, he's disappeared from the movie more so than sure. disappears. Also, did did you notice a couple of like somewhat notable people and sort of like kind there of background? There was a handful. Scenes? Like Danny Houston shows up as like a um, like a car bartender. dealer bartender. Uh, Shawnee Smith was in the bar at one point. Yeah, uh, she gets hit on. She gets hit on by him before he gets the crap being out of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, the guy who he gets money from the last time is Richard Lewis. Yes, that's right. Stephen Weber, Emily Proctor, Laurie Metcalf is like the the like um, landlord who's mad at uh, everyone for leaving, like for him like being drunk. Oh, in front of I the, didn't uh, even catch that. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the there's two other guys. Arlie Ermey is the conventioner. Yes, yes, I remember him. Well, the I, other, the he other... was. I don't think I've ever seen him with a beard before. So it took me a second yeah. to realize who he was. People who like uh, TV, uh, Mariska Hargitay for all those Law and Orders is one of the other hookers. And the other one is just one of the businessmen at one of the events is Fred Stewart, because you can tell his eyes are closed. Oh, from Third Rock from the Sun. sure. Yeah. It's such an interesting, like, were people just in Vegas? Yeah, just who was around. Yeah. Um, I didn't think this was going to be one that you were going to love, but I think it was a good one to check off the list. But Sure. Perhaps it's it w- one it that I was come... definitely always going to see, but yeah, just... Yeah. Timing Should have come earlier in the month. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it so, was yeah, one so... of those ones where it was ambiguous whether Kelly wanted to see it, and eventually she ended up missing it. Sure. Um, so do you want to say the two that we subbed out? Uh, well, they're both coming up relatively soon, so I'll just bring them up okay. as they come. Um, that works. So the next one was one that we subbed out, and it's one that I'm so glad I finally uh, uh, scratched off my list. Uh, Billy Wilder's The Apartment. Yes, um, I was not aware you hadn't seen it. It's... I mean, it's got a reputation as a classic, and it absolutely lives up to that reputation. It's probably my favorite film I saw all month. Awesome. Yeah, um, no, it's how can you not like this movie? It's it's phenomenal. It's so well written. It's so well acted. It's so well directed. Just every element of it just sings. It's very much the embodiment of that they don't make movies like this anymore sort of idiom. You can just, you can just see Cameron Crowe watching this movie and going, yep, that's what I want to do. Yep. Well, not nearly as well, but sure. Well, Jerry Maguire comes the closest, I think, to this kind of vibe. Like, just sure. like like a Hollywood rom-com in a yeah. way that doesn't get made. Like, with plot, as opposed to, like, will they, won't they? Like, it's it's so not necessarily concerned with that. But also, like, the plot is kind of wild when you actually describe it. Oh, totally. Well, and it's one of those yeah. things that, like, you wouldn't make – that wouldn't be the plot today. Like, that, it just it wouldn't translate the same way. But, yeah. like – it, it, it's a great initial hook. And then, I mean, Jack Lemon, one of the greats, and he's going for it here. Uh, Shirley MacLaine matching him every step. They just, they have a great dynamic. And once that dynamic really settles in the second half, we're after kind of a dark inciting incident. Um, yeah. And it just, it really strengthens um, and sort of paves the way for what I think is just such a satisfying ending. Mm. Were, you, were you hooked by just the opening like shot of The Office? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. That's that's a very so. um, oh, I don't know what I would compare it to like a Metropolis style, just like oh, an endless, endless rows of desks and just yeah, New York yep. City, the big the big Apple, where anything can happen. Like yeah, it's it's got that vibe where I was immediately like oh, go on. Yeah, yeah. That, that's <clears throat> I had a feeling that as soon as that happened, you'd be like, all right, I'm in. 
Yeah, and then it just it it never faltered for me. This is one of those movies where I just I, I do not have a single complaint or nitpick or anything. It no. just it's perfect for the time. It holds up now. It's exactly what I wanted it to be, and then some. Your probably only complaint is that it didn't sweep the Oscars. I mean, it's the first movie to ever get uh, one guy picture director and screenplay. Yeah, would but I, somehow lost I, actor and actress. Well, I was about to say, I would have given it the acting actress. I might have nominated Fred McMurray. He plays an excellent scoundrel, considering he's mostly a Disney guy. They went uh, Jack uh, Crucian instead as Dr. Dreyfus. Yeah, which he's good, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. less of a I mean, showy role. Yeah, and then, let me see, did it win below the line anything? I, I want to say, like, art direction or something like that. It Maybe won editing. black and white art direction. It lost cinematography. Mm. It's got a That's great, bad. like, it's one of those things back when, like, a rom-com could look like a film noir without that taking anything yeah. away. Yep. There's just, it's some, there, this is, this is something that, uh, was it, um, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons dudes, um, when they made Game Night, right? That was the, the sort of the hook of Game Night. Like, what if we made a dumb comedy that also looked like a movie? Oh, yeah. And boy, well, that's a great example. Yeah. I think you, you when you see that happening... You kind of like sit up and, and notice a little bit more. Like people forget. Same thing with like a horror movie, right? Totally. Oh, we can we can be cheap on it because it's not what it's about. Sure, but if like there's a hook or like something about it, all of a sudden you 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 kind of like you're on not on the edge of your seat necessarily, but you're taking notice in a way that you wouldn't be otherwise. Yeah, exactly. It, it can make up for a lot if you know. It it just shows it's that extra effort. It's that extra sense of care. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm glad. What was the so? What did we sub this out for? Uh, indication, sub, was, I think, was the. One I still was think thinking. you'll like that movie, but I think at that point you needed a lighter movie. Yeah, I, may, even if I would have liked it, I wouldn't have been as receptive to it. Yeah, I think that is a that, that's a movie you'll enjoy. Uh, whenever we figure out another time for you to watch, just like stuff, because it's a small drama. It's it's a bit of a downer by the end, but like the centerpiece of it, I think you'll be into. Sure. And, like, also, like, maybe the best cinematic showcase for Tracy Letts that we've ever had. I do like Tracy actor. Letts. Well, that, that was my main thing. I thought you would be into, like, Tracy Letts gets to, like, go off in this movie. Sure. I, I'd be into yeah. that conceptually. But, yeah, I just think the timing of it, it, it wouldn't have, similar yeah, no. to Leaving Las Vegas, it just wouldn't have played as well. Yeah, no, no, of those choices, I think Leaving Las Vegas was the, the bigger box to check. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so then next up was one that uh, was on there, I think from relatively early on, uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yeah, that was uh, one that I thought was more for you. Like, sure. I think you would have, whether you like it, love it, or indifferent to it, you'll appreciate seeing early showcase of Sam Rockwell, debut of uh, Clooney as a director, and probably the only Charlie Kaufman you haven't seen? I think so. Human Nature? Yeah, human nature. I think is the other one. And you still haven't, and you haven't seen the ne yeah, it's whatever. And you haven't seen the Netflix thing that's not out yet. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get around to that soon. So yeah, but sure. yeah, it's the it's the big Kaufman blind spot that I knew I had to get around to. Um, and it's fine. It's very much a movie that like it's well made, it's well written, it's well acted. Rockwell in particular is really going for it. I think it's just. It doesn't quite live up to its premise, and it has a really good Agreed. premise. And it just has a great premise. 
Uh, like the talk show stuff feels kind of half baked. The spy stuff feels kind of half baked. And there's some good stuff in the margins. I think Rutger Hauer does a great job in like his handful of scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and like there's stuff to like. I like how subdued Clooney is. Actually, he's he gives a good performance. Yeah, um, he's this is this is the I like I, I'd say good night and good luck's another good example of that. Of like yeah. when Clooney's just like I'm gonna play one of the roles just because I want to be in this movie. He's fucking great. Yeah, like I know. love him like, as the I, producer I like, in Good Night and Good Luck. Yeah, he's great in that, and that's also kind of a subdued role as well. So more of that, please. Yeah, like the, I that there's a reason that I would say at least half the time during that Oscar year, right when you saw the Oscar scenes. I think we might have a question about Oscar scenes this this week that we'll get to. But <clears throat> you know, you got a David Strathairn scene a lot, right? Sure. Um, well, we will not walk in fear of one another was probably the one that they showed a lot but the other scene was him talking to the generals right when they were yes. like we need to know and he's like well who were they elected were they appointed like did they have an axe to grant like there's a reason that was the other centerpiece showcase clip to show yeah oh, absolutely so no yeah i'm a big fan of that yeah this one it's i don't think it's as bad as some of his more recent movies but it's definitely it's it's enjoyable there's definitely some moments that i like it has some big laughs the final sort of moments have this sort of biting satire to it that I wish the rest of the movie had more of. It's just one of those things where you can feel like a better version of the movie sort of struggling to peek out from within the margins. I think either of them would have made the better version later on. Correct. But it's still fine. Like, yeah, Charlie Kaufman yeah, left Kaufman to his own devices. D- directed it like post-Synecdoche or whatever, I think that might have hewed closer to something interesting or if, even if Clooney had gone full spy movie with it that could have been something yeah. I think it doesn't fully commit and so it just kind of like yeah. Drew Barrymore is good in it but I think the the love story feels a little obvious and hackneyed at times and yeah totally it, it was totally it, it fit what you wanted though yeah I mean it definitely it's not too heavy so I think I I certainly didn't have a bad time watching it it was just you know, yeah, I left it wanting yeah, no. a little more. Yeah, no, it's 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 like a chain restaurant dinner where you're like, all right, it's fine. I'm yeah. I'm not hungry anymore. Yeah, no, it 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 did what it needed to do, but it could have done yeah. better. Yes. Um. So the next one was the other one that we subbed in, which was kind of sitting there waiting on the margins in case something else fell off Netflix or what have you. Yeah. Um. Which was Banana Split. Now, what did uh, what did you sub out? What was what was not watched? The other I heavy movie. Can't remember now. Um, because I was thinking that also. I remember Indignation, which I was like, if I go back in <clears> my I, chat history, I can probably figure it. I'm out. I'm looking as well because I remember that Indignation was the one that I was like, I'm a little bummed you're not going to watch it, but it's definitely probably not going to be for you. Um, All About Nina was the other one. That was which it. Yeah, I think you would like All About Nina, but it's. It's close enough to some of the other small indie dramas that you saw uh, that, you know, my yeah, guess is I you would have gone. Good on, I was kind of good on that vibe. By yeah. Then. You were going to go Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Very good. Common. Pretty good. Um, some of the comedy, darkly funny. But the, the problem with that, I think, for what you were asking for was there's a third act revelation about why she's angry and stuff. That's not funny. And is like a serious moment. I don't think you needed that aspect. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. W- without I think even knowing, of, I, I can tell you, yeah, I didn't need that. <laughs> yeah, I think instead of being like, oh, shit, there's there's depth to this instead of just being like kind of a, a fun, sexy, like 
stand-up comedy dramedy, though there's weight here, I think you would have been like, well, now I'm no longer into this. Yeah, some sometimes, and it, it depends on the movie, but sometimes I can definitely yank me out of something. Yeah, I think in this month at that point, it would have yanked you. I think uh, as a random, like if it was a new release, I think you might have been like, all right. It might have even worked for you as like, okay, this is about more than what I thought. Yeah. But wasn't to be. So yeah, I, I subbed in a movie that maybe only I've seen. It's where I, I, I had not heard of it, to be sure. This is where I discovered Hannah Marks, who, again, I'm a bigger fan of than most. Um, she doesn't direct this one, but she's now directs most things that she's And she's in. a co-writer on it, at least. She co-writes it, and she's the co-star. And this also co-stars um, an actress that I periodically ask you about when you see her in things, and you're like, I didn't recognize her. Liana Liberato. Oh, this is what the else, other thing I recognize have her I seen her in? She was in, uh, which horror movie did you just watch that she was in for like a hot second? I was like, oh, how's she? And you're like, don't get used to her in it. One of the, the time travel one, right? Like, it was a, it was an October movie you watched. Time travel one. Um, I'll tell you one second. Uh, or maybe not time travel. Was it body swap? Totally killer? Was that what it was? Oh, well, yeah. It's like, I couldn't tell you who she was in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, in a movie that you're like, I don't have strong feelings about. <laughs> I, I, I actively disliked it, I remember. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so no. Banana Split, though, I actually found very charming. Um, oh, so charming. The two of them have a great chemistry, which is the main reason it works. Because it's, you know, uh, a girl who ends up being best friends with her ex's new girlfriend. And just, it, it, I was a little hesitant at first, but it's got some cute montages in it. Some great visual storytelling. It's got that high school, modern high school vibe that I'm very quickly not being into. Kelly went and mm. saw the new version of Mean Girls without me, for example. Um, uh. But um, here it worked. And it's one of those movies where it's obviously done on the cheap with you know minimal resources. But it makes the most of it. It looks really nice. Like, it's well shot without being showy. It's... It's, you know, making the most of minimal locations and characters and takes the time to let you get to know and to like all the characters. Um, yeah, there's I don't have a ton to say about it, but I found it very enjoyable. It had um, my favorite line of the year in that movie when she first is like when her friends tell her to go over and talk to her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, what am I? I I'm going to mess it up because I don't remember it. This is also like a movie from pre-pandemic. It's like almost probably six years old at this point. But she's like, what am I supposed to do? Hey, I heard you let the guy, the love of my life come inside of you or something like that. Oh, yeah, It was yeah, just yeah. like, I don't remember the exact line, but it's I, well, so yeah, like I, out of the blue and funny. I think that was the kind of stuff that initially had me worried because it was that very like trying hard to be vulgar kind of writing that I don't normally No, that's like. just But that's, that's just not, That's not in. indicative of sort of the rest of it at all. No, that's, that's very much that character is like awkward at that moment and like doesn't want to do this and is trying to say something to make her friends go never mind mm -hmm. it fit it very much fit that character in that moment it becomes very sweet after that actually yeah it does well because they have a genuinely sweet chemistry and just their friendship feels authentic and kind of lived in and the way it comes about and the way it evolves and it feels at some points like it might go in a more romantic direction and they even acknowledge that at times but then it just doesn't which i actually yeah. kind of found more interesting because then it's just like oh they're just good friends and that's a good thing yeah, no, it's just a good movie about good people. I had a good time with it. Yeah, I, I considering I had zero expectations going in, I found it quite enjoyable. Oh, yeah, it's a movie that I think deserves a little more acknowledgement. It's why I'm so excited whenever I see Hannah Marks make something, because she's got a voice. 
Yeah, I I would be interested to track down some more of her stuff. Um, I don't I think, think I've you, seen her in anything else. She made um a like um couples who decide to like see other people kind of movie that like is better than the premise because that's we we've seen that movie before. And then she just did a it was an Amazon movie with John Chow and like his daughter like road trip kind of thing dramedy thing that I thought was pretty good also. Tribeca kind of movie. Yeah, I think you. I think you. She, she's got that sort of Sundance darling kind of vibe about. Yeah, her. she's she's got a I think a John Green adaptation she's making next. So she's for being um, a child, she's now thirty. Um, she uh, has made a bunch of movies at this point and is continuing to make movies. She also was in, and I never watched it, but we both. I'm. I'm hope I'm not misremembering. We're both big um, Hitchhiker fans, right? Uh, the book, yeah. Yeah. So you you know his other book he wrote, right? Douglas the, Adams uh, wrote um Dirk Gently. Dirk, yeah, she was on the the this TV show that they made. Which I think was was Elijah Wood in that? Yeah, I, I didn't watch it cuz it was a Max Landis joint and I hated him even before I had a valid reason to. Uh, I never watched it just cuz I didn't get around to it, but I think she and, and Elijah Wood are the leads of that show. Huh? Well. Yeah. I might be able to look past one over the other. <laughs> sure. Who knows? Um, I hope you watch the next thing next in my head because I have an anecdote. Uh, Tell me so what you watched next. The next one I watched was Draft Day. Ah, what did you watch after that? I might ask you to switch them. Ghost? Yes. You watch Ghost next. I didn't, but go off. I watched Draft oh, Day the... specifically in this order because it was on a Sunday. Okay, then I'll, I'll quickly say that Ghost came up because when I interviewed Hannah Marks, I made a reference to Ghost and she didn't know what it was. And I felt like the oldest man in the world. <laughs> Even I know what ghost was. When we get so go go to draft day. When we get the ghost, I'll tell you the scene in question, and you'll understand why. Sure. Okay, so you watch draft day during football. I guess. Um, <laughs> You've heard. L- listen, man. I'm sure this is a movie that plays better if you like slash know things about football. I don't. So that whole aspect bounced off me, which isn't automatically a death knell for a sports movie because there's stuff like Moneyball or even this month with Hustle um, where I can definitely get into it if like the story's interesting or if there's like memorable characters or what have you mm. I just didn't get that from this one so I was a little I it's very watchable there's nothing yes. actively wrong with it I could do without like half the Jennifer Garner will they won't they scenes but otherwise it's totally fine um, but it doesn't have that extra something that would make me invested and kind of care about it. Even Chadwick Boseman feels pretty underutilized. Like it's a great. I mean, cast. it's a Kevin Costner movie. Yeah, and I maybe this is a hot take. I've never really gotten the fuss about Kevin Costner. I can't pick one movie that I love him in. Mm. I think he's okay. a totally fine middle of the road kind of dad actor, but like. There's never been that moment where I'm movie. like, he's one of the greats. Like, I've never felt that way. Okay. Had I known, maybe I wouldn't have uh, suggested this one. So, uh, and, and, it it is... fe- and it feels like him on autopilot, to be honest. And, you know, Garner's fine. Well, it... Dennis Leary's probably best in show. Um, yeah, he's, he's he's really leaning he's into, very, like... He's playing to he type. Know... Yeah, he's like, I, I know how to play the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, which he was prior to getting that job, right? They They... They mention a lot of sports names and stuff like that. They make they really try hard to make you know that they know about sports, even yeah. though it's it's sort of whatever about that. 
Like, I will tell you, it, you won't care or, or know, but the trade thing at the end, like, the whole big sequence, which is a very good sequence in, like, filming, like, it's a crowd-pleasing sequence. The trade he makes makes no sense. He would get oh, fired. No, he would I, actually like, get fired. Well, and it was one of those things where it got to the end and suddenly all this was happening. It's like, I'm not convinced that he's, like, good at his job as a result of this. Like, this all feels very contrived. Oh, no, no. He, so... The, the thing he does, like the, the piece of paper, like it's very cinematic, right? It's very yeah. much movie stuff. Oh, he would get fired. Like that's an well, awful Well, and he's idea. not talking to any of his people. And like he's not, like from what little I understand of this job, he doesn't seem to be doing it very well. And no, like he they, doesn't, nothing he does convinced me otherwise. No, it's a movie version of this job. And I love that job. It's maybe the job I want most in life. So like it was pleasing to watch it. But you are watching it going like, I know how to, like, I know the boring version to make of this movie. Like, so you know how, like, there's a version of Moneyball that would be insufferable because it would be, like, fully accurate? That's the version of my head of this movie. And this is, like, saw Moneyball and went, what if we made it, like, for everyone? And it's that thing of if you make it for everyone, you're, you're kind of making it for no one. Mm-hmm. I like this movie a lot, but in a way that I feel like it was made for me. Sure. Just to sort of please me. But again... I think you caught the idea of, like, boy, is this a watchable movie. It's Ivan Reitman. Like, it's a guy who knows how to make a movie. At yeah. the same time, the moment, because the he's moment, a guy. like, beats of it are, like, you know, I wasn't bored watching it, but I was no. definitely. I think it was fast food. Underwhelmed. You had a McDonald's hamburger. And you went, all right. I had, I had food. Um, I think if it wasn't Ivan Reitman, if it was a younger director or something like that, you probably wouldn't get so much of the Jennifer Garner subplot. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where, like, it feels out of a different movie, and I don't really care about that It movie. probably was a longer movie. It is a relatively brisk film. Yeah. Well, and it's just one of those, like, you've got the ticking clock at the end, and it's like, you don't feel like you've gained any insight on his decision-making process, and then it just, it, like, the, the card he uh, pulls out just kind of, it comes so out of nowhere. It's just, like, yeah. nothing really built up to this. No, you, but, yeah, it's a, it, I think... I think this was one of those ones where I was like, I don't know, you're gonna be, we're probably going to be doing this during football. Might as well have a football movie. And who knows, maybe you'll like it. But uh, yeah, middle of the road at best. Yeah, didn't dislike it, but I would never watch it again. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a good example of like, you would never actually watch this movie and now you've seen it. And like, whatever, you watched a lot of people it, you like in other fit, things. It definitely fit the criteria of movies you always talk about on the pod to yeah. get around to. Because you sure. definitely bring it up more than anybody else I know. Yeah, it's it. You will not be surprised to know that its Rotten Tomato score is exactly sixty. Yeah, it feels like that kind of movie. Like nobody sixty-five hates audience. It, but no, few people are going to bat for it. Exactly. It it is it is the the lightest recommendation possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then as we just recently spoiled, the next one was Ghost. Oh. Um, which I feel like has been wildly misrepresented to me over yes. the years. <laughs> I, when I finally watched it, because I had, as a kid, seen part of it when my parents were watching. It was like basically like told to like close my eyes during the ghost scenes. Um, so I'd only seen like the non like ghost ghost stuff. Yeah, I love when people watch it for the first time. I will say the the thing in question with the story I was talking about, Hannah Marks, was. We did an interview during the pandemic. I watched this movie right before the pandemic. So the scene when, like, the buddy-buddy scene of them pretending to, like, sneeze all over people in the elevator. Mm-hmm. 
I was oh like, oh, boy, that wouldn't have played I'm like, well. <laughs> yeah, I went, oh, I'm on Tony Goldwyn's side. Like, Patrick Swayze should die. <laughs> like, well, it's funny the, to watch Tony, it at that moment. The Tony Goldwyn thing was definitely an element of, like, I don't know whether it's just, like, because he's, like, the only other character we've been introduced to or whether it's just because I know Tony Goldwyn from his many, many years of being the asshole in various movies. Yeah. But, like... The second he shows up on screen, it's just like, I don't even know for sure if there's a bad guy, but if there is, it's him. Well, he's also just so sweaty at times. You're like, he's so worried about it. He's so worried. It is a rare bad guy performance that the bad guy is so worried at all times. Oh, yeah. Well, and listen, well, like he's the very first scene. They're like breaking ground on the apartment or whatever. And there's like a really sinister shot where like Swayze and Demi Moore are like making out. And he's just like standing there looking at him with a massive hammer over his shoulder. And it's just like, he's going to, he's like, is he the reason he's a ghost? Like, and again, I've got my whole (laughs) life thinking that this was like a sweet romantic movie about like a guy who like, you know, oh, he just wants to, you know, get to talk to his love and have some experience with her one last time. That and is part of the movie. Of that, like it's not not that. But so at you the were same not time, aware that he got murdered. <laughs> well, no, like the entire thriller slash revenge plot, zero yeah. idea that that was part of it. Did you know that this had five Oscar nominations going in? Um, I I did like just in the context of putting the list together. But if you'd asked yeah. me before then, I wouldn't have known. I knew that Whoopi Goldberg won for it, but um, it also won best original screenplay fascinating nominated I mean, for picture go ahead oh well no i mean listen it's it's well put together it's got some great really creative shots in it all the ghost stuff is i mean the effects are kind of hilariously dated but um yes though like the, the score in particular made me feel like i was watching a nightmare on elm street movie nominated score it's. I mean, if it's a great score for a different movie, I feel. <laughs> yes, I will say the the effects are terrible, but the last ghost instance, um, whatever. This is a fucking movie from nineteen ninety uh, nineteen ninety. I think uh, we can talk about it when Tony Goldwyn gets like dragged to hell. Oh my god, it's so cheesy. That was very Elm Street. Yes, <laughs> yes, but it's so cheesy that you're like, okay, it kind of works. No, um, listen, I'm I'm never I'm never not a fan of that specific style of cheese. It's just again not what I was expecting from this movie where like the scenes I knew were like the pottery scene and like that's, possessing that's Goldberg's body and stuff like that. But the the best scene you probably didn't know was coming was uh was Vincent Schiavelli. Oh my god, who's great, who's always fun oh. to show up in a thing. Like playing Subway Ghost, like doesn't even have a name. Like I would have nominated him. He's he's quite fun in it. And listen, everyone's so good in it. I mean, Swayze's doing his Swayze thing, but you know, he, he's the weak link. I know he. I know everyone loves him, and he's dead. But like, he was never like an amazing actor. He, he's he, doing he, a thing he can do. He he feels like he's kind of having to play catch up with more accomplished actors. Yeah, he he's. I think he kind of makes the role a little more one note than it is meant to be. Like he's just puzzled a lot. Well, like, it's, a it's got a weird a sort of morality to it where like his ticket into heaven is to actively murder the two people responsible for his death and it's like yeah that that's that's, that's an interesting god logic but fine yeah. um the, the other great scene and tell me if you agree is uh having uh otome have to go to the bank oh yeah that's that's pretty good i i do genuinely think i don't know whether this is a hot take or not but 
I couldn't tell you based on who she was up against, but Whoopi Goldberg is the scene stealer. Like, she does crush it whenever she's there. She would be your first or second choice. So she beat Annette Bening and the Grifters. Yeah. Diane Ladd, Wild at Heart. Mary McDonald dances with wolves. I think you don't care about any of those. The only yeah. other one that... Well, here's your conflict. Lorraine Bracco, Goodfellas. It would be, but I mean, maybe I'd probably go Bracco there because just there's more meat on the bones. But if nothing else, definitely a worthy nomination. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I like that she won. I love that. I love it's, that it's role. A it's a cool it, win. It's unique. It's kind of out of a different movie. But, yeah, but I, think, I like I the think movie she's in. It's kind of a breath of a fresh air that you need in the movie at that t- uh, when she shows up. Yes, for sure. And and it's sprinkled in a little bit more as it goes on. Like she doesn't leave the movie, but you they use the right amount of like her. Like I think when she has the check and she's like really like doesn't want to give it up. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's all great. <laughs> yeah, she she knows the role very well. And like I listen, she doesn't act a ton. And I think it's fair to say that like Several of her other roles are forgettable, um, but I, I really, I really like her in this. Um, if you ever get around to, I think we had it on the list, but you couldn't find it. Ghost of Mississippi, she's pretty solid, sure, in a very like straight role, which is not maybe the best use of her. Um, and then obviously, like people like her in Sister Act and stuff like that, but this is probably sure. her best performance. Yeah, out out of what I'd seen, I out of what I've seen, I would definitely agree. This movie got nominated for best picture lost to dance with wolves Meh. yeah i know um she won supporting actress it won original screenplay it wasn't a great lineup but still wild that who who bruce joel rubin beat right a guy who um prominent uh, other works includes my life and jacob's ladder wolf <laughs> uh but has he done anything else um he wrote Deep Impact. Oh, speaking of. I like I do like that movie. Um, Stuart Little 2, The Last Mimsy, and The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, that definitely took a turn. <laughs> yeah. So he beat Alice Woody Allen. So, like, not necessarily a movie that everyone flocks to as a Woody Allen-like classic. But, you know, this was the era of Woody Allen doesn't miss, right? And sometimes he just wins. Avalon, Barry Levinson. Big name, right? Sure. And that was a big like personal project. That's like a um about essentially like his like growing up. Uh his like fablemans in a way. Peter sure. Weir for Green Card. Comedy, but like Peter Weir. And Metropolitan, which is Whit Stillman. Whit Stillman being like, could he be like the next like great indie filmmaker, right? Four huge kind of names. And Bruce Joe Rubin wins. Yeah, bizarre. Interesting, right? I just found it interesting. But yeah, no, I, I quite enjoyed it. I found, you know, so the plot beat's a little predictable and it kind of goes where you expect it to go. But I think it's yes. it's well done and I did not have a unpleasant time watching it for no. sure. And I knew you were going to be, I half expected a message from you watching be like, wait, what? Is there another ghost? Like, did I, like, I thought this was like a, like a, a soapy movie. You know, I, like, I no. definitely wasn't expecting, like, even the opening credits are very like, like it's a, you know, just I don't know. It's it's definitely a different vibe than I than I feel like the world had led me to believe. Because anytime yes. anyone does anything from Ghost, it's you know, I love you, Ditto. It's the um, yep. it's the uh, clay scene. It's it's all the romantic stuff, which is it's there, but it's a very small part of the movie. Can I tell you? Do you understand how big a hit this movie was? I I, I mean, 
just from name recognition alone. I know it's like a massively. In 1990, worldwide, it made half a billion. Jesus. 505 million it made. That's it made Like, Ghost was, that's why it got nominated for Best Picture. It was the Titanic of its time. It well, that's made, the that's the vibe I got was that it was a pop. It feels like a populist inclusion off of twenty two million, which is like a solid studio movie in nineteen ninety, but sure. not like a blockbuster. In nineteen ninety, two hundred and seventeen million. Crazy. Let me say two hundred and seventeen million adjusted for inflation. Right. Let's pull this out for a second. Two hundred and seventeen million in nineteen ninety. That would mean that, let's say Ghost came out today and was a hit. That would mean it made $527 million. It means it was, it means it was an Avengers movie. Jeez. But you know, Isn't it's that back fantastic? in the day where this kind of movie would. And it's, you yep. know, definitely big stars for the time. It's, it's, it's. Oh no, it's. Like, like for, respect to what it's doing for sure. And there's not much like it. So, you know, there's definitely something commendable there. Before we move off it, do you remember who directed it? I don't. I don't think it was anyone I was familiar with. At least It was one of name. the Zucker brothers. Okay, so I, w- I saw Zucker, but I wasn't sure if it was one of those Zuckers. It was Jerry, not David. Fascinating. But yeah, this is... this. But... He's his other his first his directorial debut is Airplane. It's Airplane, Top Secret, Ruthless People, writing the Naked Gun from the piles of the uh, from the files of the police squad, and then Ghost. And then he doesn't direct again until First Night, and then he directs Rat Race, and that's it. But yeah, the um the oh comedy he co-directs Rat with Race. talk about a movie that has not aged well. <laughs> yeah, he co-directs with, Ab- with Jim Abrams and uh, David Zucker his comedies. But yeah, it was that that Zaz right Zucker Abrahams uh, Zucker. Okay, so yeah, that was the thing. It was like, maybe it's just a coincidence. So that is the same Zucker. That's so strange. Yep. That's very much like, what if Green Book was good kind of thing. Very much. Rat Race. What if it's a mad, 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 mad world was bad? Yeah, there you go. Mm, and boy, was it. Well, so yeah, so that was Ghost. So yep. we just got uh, two more. Um, so uh, day before the end of January, we watched The Big Sick, which was a movie that I... Was going to watch with Kelly, but once we realized it was two hours as opposed to 90 minutes, it kind of kept getting pushed back. Well, I but, think once you realized Judd Apatow produced it, you knew it was going to be two hours. Also, this might be one that I, this might be one of the inspirations for this month. It, it was definitely on the original, it. it was definitely on the original long list. I do remember that. So I'm glad we got to it. And I'd always been wanting to see it. It's just, there was never any real reason I hadn't seen it. Just hadn't gotten sure. around to it. Um, it's very good. It's very, yeah. very well put together. It's kind of exactly what I thought it was going to be, which is not a, a bad thing by any stretch. It's, you know, a very well acted version of what it is. Uh, Kumail is great. Zoe Kazan makes a really strong impression considering she kind of doesn't have that much screen time. She is, um, she is not in it as much as you think, but she's also in it more than you think in a weird way. Yeah, well, it's very much the, like what I said about Lily Gladstone in Flower Moon, where like her presence kind of lingers throughout the movie, even when she's not there. Yeah. Um, it, it, It's one of those things where it's a, it's, it's kind of more cringe comedy than I think I was expecting, because it's all rooted in sort of, you know, these awkward situations and misunderstandings and 
just the tension of the situation. But man, when Holly Hunter and Ray Romano show up, it's it's like the movie really kicks into gear for me. Which is their big like addition to the script. So like that's the stuff that's not based on real life. Interesting. Like they're they were like good and supportive. They never that that led to when they they won the I think best first screenplay at the Spirit Awards, mm-hmm. and Emily thanks her parents and goes, "Who didn't cheat on each other?" And Kumail leans over and goes, "That we know of." <laughs> and she just goes, "What? Why would you say?" Like she actually gets a little mad at him in a way. It's great. That's like funny. he couldn't resist. Oh yeah, no, they're they're the humor. It has my favorite joke of the year in that movie when Ray Romano asks him about nine eleven. Yeah, it's like I've always wanted to talk to someone about him. You never talked to anyone about nine eleven? No, you know, with with like uh, he just doesn't want to say it, and he's like, "Oh no, no, it was a tragedy. We lost eleven of our best guys." Yeah, no, he no, can't resist very... making the joke. Oh yeah, it's the best version. And then the looks—they're everyone in the movie who do, who's reacting to the cringe jokes is really good. Also, oh, yeah. just like I love the—I rewatched it when I was on Matthew Anderson's podcast, and I think I did that that movie. And I had uh, rewatched it, and I forgot about the scene when his parents ask him to go pray, and he goes and sits down, sets the timer, and like looks at YouTube videos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a like very specific thing that like a movie would just cut, like another movie would cut, and be like it doesn't do anything. It's a little mean almost. Like it's such a like no, this is important. Like we need this. Well, no, it it absolutely informs the character in a way that's very specific, and that's something I like about it is that it kind of gets into the nitty gritty of like the cultural differences and yep. doesn't, and it doesn't offer easy answers for anything, even though no. I give it just based on a pacing standpoint, I do feel like it may be after everything. It, like, cause you know, just based on how it, ca- how the movie came to be that they have to end up together. And sure. the way it sort of gets to that point feels a little convenient. Maybe. Well, they had to end the movie. It, the only thing I don't like about this movie, and I love this movie, is that Amazon bought it. This is a movie that you should stumble upon TV. You should stumble on TV like every 20 minutes, right? Like it should just be playing and it would be like a beloved film. I, but, I, I you, you have that TV perspective that I can never share because I just don't watch movies on TV ever anymore. But I think it says something that like this is how you watch the movie because when did you ever fire up Prime to watch this movie? Not specifically for that, but exactly I like, like that's the fact that, that I know, unlike some movies, it's always going to be on Prime, I think is not a bad thing. I think that's just the issue I, I and I think other people that I know who make this case have with the unless I don't have a problem with the streamers. But I think sometimes these crowd pleasers, I think we're going to see the same thing with with Hitman. This well, year. that's one like where I think that's more where I can agree is the idea of like this should be experienced with an audience. And even beyond that, like, listen, I, I'm I'm privileged. I understand the fact that I get to see Netflix movies with an audience, but the the afterlife, right? Like, it's so much harder to fire up a streamer and then decide you want to watch, like, seek something out. People do it, but it's not the same as, like, the old days of, like, how did you watch whatever for the first time? Oh, it was on TV. Like, that's just, it's a whole thing that doesn't really even exist anymore. Sure. Yeah, but no, great, great movie. I love... I love the humor. I really try to get Holly Hunter nominated. I will say, I take I don't take credit, but this was one of my OG like crusades was the screenplay. Nice. Get well, that I one, mean, that one deserving cited. for sure. Like it's Well, that was yeah. It's, it's so good. Yeah, no, it's it's 
like, I, I don't know that I love it quite as much as you do, but I definitely, I was very satisfied with it. Well, it's such, it's so my movie. Yes, very much so. With the added bonus that, like, at the time it wasn't the case, but in hindsight, now it's weird watching that, like, I'm friendly with those leads. That's, <laughs> like, it's oddly soothing when I put it on. I'm like, oh, friends. Like, oh, oh yeah, so totally. well cast. And, like, the the other thing is, like, his comedy friends in the movie. Oh, yeah, all actual comedy people. Bo Burnham, A.D. Bryant, and um, forget who else. But, like, I also love the idea of his parents in the movie. The the father is, like, I think he just said he's, like, basically the, the like, Pakistani Robert De Niro. And when they were casting it, he was like, well, I want someone like that. And I think um, Apatow might be like, well, we can just go ask him. Like, and apparently you can just get him. And, but, like, Kumail was apparently, like, which, like, stunned of, like, wait, we got, like, a legend. Well, <laughs> I don't know I if think, you guys realize. I think you and I had sort of the reverse experience with the mom because you would have seen the mom yeah, and been like, oh, it's the mom from the big sick. And I saw yeah. Miss Marvel and then the Marvels first. And then came this is like, oh, it's the mom from Miss Marvel. So it's kind exactly. of. Exactly. She, she's great in both. I love her. Oh, yeah. Everyone is good in this movie. Uh, Kumail's brother is funny in this when they yep. when he's yelling at him at the at the at the uh, batting cage and they have to be like, no, no, we love we hate terrorists. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, so good. The yeah. the stuff with the with the arranged marriage kind of stuff. It's such a good movie. Oh, my gosh. I love the arranged marriage scenes. Just like the truth is out there. <laughs> yeah. And just the face of like, oh, OK. Oh, this isn't another woman just dropping by. <laughs> no, the 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 like active. Oh, so much fun. Yeah, no, no. So very, very, very enjoyable. Glad we got a, a lighter note to sort of towards the end of the month. Yes, because you did not uh, set up a light movie to wrap up on. No. And in fairness, even though the subject matter is probably heavier than a lot of the heavy movies, so to speak, that I watched, um, this one didn't feel exhausting in the same way. No, uh, it feels it's riveting. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, it's the Battle of Algiers, just an older classic that always on the list, but never gotten around to. My it, arguably one of my two or three favorite international films of all time. I can I can definitely see the argument for it. I I wouldn't go that far, but I definitely I don't know if I'd say it, I had a good time with it. But it's very well made, very well shot, very tightly edited, especially for the time. Um, there's just a great sort of propulsive energy to it. Um, within seconds of the music starting, I was like, oh, this is just Tarantino just straight up nicked this for Inglorious Bastards. Oh, so many things wouldn't exist without this movie. The Hurt Locker wouldn't exist without this movie. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, it's, City it's, of God, it, it reminded me of yeah. a bit of. Oh, yeah. Like, this is, this is 30, 40 years of anyone thought to have, like, handheld camera type stuff. And also just, like, docudrama. In a way. Well, it's got that docudrama feel. It feels very much of a piece with similar, like, Italian neorealist type movies, like yep. Bicycle Thieves or what have you. But with a much more, I think, universal play to it. Because I think, what was the story? I think during the Iraq invasion, they screened this film as, like, what can we do differently? Well, apparently don't don't pay attention to the movie. But mm. I love that somebody was like, this movie will teach us. Yeah. Well, and I think there's something in... There's something that makes it compelling in that it really gets into sort of the tactics on both sides of the equation. Yeah. Well, also because you don't have a, a stake in it. Right. As it, an in, as... Well, but it feels, it feels, it reminds me of like, you know, there's conflicts that have certainly come up like since that definitely carry a lot of the same DNA. And yeah. I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot to it that, um, 
feels relevant beyond the specific era that it exists in. A hundred percent. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, heavy without feeling exhausting in the way that something like, you know, two lovers did. <laughs> totally. Uh, Steve. So yep, yeah, that was, uh, Joey's January. Um, I'll throw up a ranking, um, uh, probably tomorrow or the next day on, um, Twitter, but yeah. if people are curious, the, uh, my the favorites apartment. were, uh, the apartment, cinema paradiso, uh, after hours, Le Samurai, and Dolomite is my name. Turn Hooch in the top ten. Uh, it made it nine, I think. All right, there we go. Woo! All right, excellent. Um, Steve, how you doing over there? I am here. All right. <laughs> uh, have you seen any of those? Slash, have an opinion on any of those? Um. Yes. <laughs> He's like, don't. Have, as long as you have absolutely no follow up questions, yes. Yeah. No, I've seen. I've seen most of them so uh i mean it i don't want to torture listeners so why you covered a lot why stop now <laughs> um here we're okay an hour we'll, in and we haven't talked about anything oscar adjacent <laughs> yeah well, we're gonna well we don't really have much besides the questions but we'll get that in a second so i'll quickly do sundance that's vaguely oscar adjacent um i only saw the stuff that was available as like mostly award screenings um i had i had was planning on just skipping. So I, I caught a few things. And I got to include Hitman as my favorite of the festival because I've already seen it. Um, so what did I see? I saw Pony Boy, which um, is an interesting film that I don't think works. Um, River Gallo wrote it and is the star. Um, they are uh, an intersex uh, actor. And they play that in the film. And that's really interesting. It also takes place in like 2001. But it's like a gangster movie by the end. Oh, interesting. And I didn't. Um, here it says uh, unfolding over the course of Valentine's Day in New York, New Jersey, a young intersex intersex sex worker must run from the mob after a drug deal goes sideways, forcing him to confront his past. Everything about that plot is meh. The actor at the center of it is compelling. I just, I want a better showcase. Mm. Um, it's that kind of movie. If you can, if you can, if it's a very Sundancey movie, where you're like, oh, I get the reason why this movie is interesting to to like screen but the actual movie itself i kind of shrugged off um dylan o'brien's in it murray bartlett has a pseudo cameo it's fine but i i wanted a better movie surrounding a really interesting performance so that one um suncoast is a i'm gonna review will be up around the time the podcast goes up very, um, I didn't realize what the plot was telling me. So the plot was, while caring for her brother along with her audacious mother, a teenager strikes up an unlikely friendship with an eccentric activist who is protesting one of the most landmark medical cases of all time. I didn't fully realize that Suncoast wasn't Suncoast video. Um, so the, the medical case being protested is Terry Schiavo. Oh. In a movie that's like not a comedy, but it's like a light drama. The um, Nico Parker's lead, uh, Laura Linney is her mom. They're, the son slash brother is, is comatose in the same way. Woody Harrelson is uh, a protester, and she kind of like strikes up a, a friendship with him. It's totally fine. It's a very Sundancey movie, I think. I, I think Searchlight and Hulu picked it up. I think it's coming out soon-ish. I don't think it's going to make like a big fuss, but <clears throat> it's like fine. You know, the, the unenthusiastic thumbs up. Sure. Yeah. Um, it won something. I don't remember what. Um, then we have 
a movie I liked, a movie I didn't like, and a movie I hated. So the movie I didn't like was Little Death, which is a calling card film in a very weird way. I think you saw maybe the image of like David Schwimmer with pills in front of him. Yeah, yeah. It's so over-directed. It's produced by Aronofsky, and you can tell this guy like worships at the feet of uh, like Requiem for a Dream. Mm. Which So it, the plot is a middle-aged filmmaker on the verge of a breakthrough. Two kids in search of a lost backpack, a small dog a long way from home. There, this movie takes the hardest right turn in terms of like characters and plot halfway through. There's, it's two different movies. This guy wanted Jack Beggar, the director, like wanted to make two different movies, and just made one. It, it has the thinnest, like, thing holding that together. You can, you know, the kind of movie I'm thinking of, right? Where you're like, yeah. oh, the back half is a different movie. But normally, you can, you can get why there's they're being combined. This is so thin. Schwimmer's a, uh, he's like a, a TV writer. He hates it. He, he has like a passion project he's trying to make. Um, and they want him to switch the gender of his leads. And he has a freak out about that. So it's like, oh. yeah, it, like, I don't, you're not meant to like him necessarily, but it's, I can't figure out how much the filmmaker like agrees or disagrees with him. Um, one of the, it, it, there, it's so over-directed, but there's interesting things within it. So like, after he's told to do that, and he's like, but it's my story. Like, all the, the, you know, the moaning that you would hear from a writer who gets asked to do that. He then is portrayed as Gabby Hoffman instead for a little bit. Like, he he gender he gets gender swapped in the film we're watching. Which well, I don't know the an point interesting of. interesting idea. It's interesting, but they don't do anything with it. Yeah. But that's, that's my frustration here. Is like, there's a lot of interesting things they don't do enough with. Um, and then halfway through... There's he gets robbed essentially. I won't say exactly what happens, but then we follow two of the people from that for the rest of the movie. Okay. Like he's addicted to pills, sort of, and like narcissism and shit. And they're more like traditional addicts, and like that's not enough of a a a, a through line for me. I will say that they're good. It's Dominic Fike from uh, Euphoria and Talia Ryder, who I really liked in Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Um, and they're very good. But, like, it goes into, like, there's there's a weird, like, almost Boogie Nights-like scene where they go to a drug dealer's house. Like, it gets, it's still odd, but not as fun. And it's quiet as opposed to this, like, like manic direction in the first half. Hmm. Yeah. I would be interested to see it, what you thought if this ever, like, comes out in a way you can see. Well, with that stirring recommendation. <laughs> no, but I think you'd be fascinated by it of, like, what, there, there's a better movie to be made. You know, sure. that kind of thing where you're like, I'm kind of curious in how this went awry. So, like, whatever. Um, then the movie I really liked was A Real Pain, which is the sophomore Jesse Eisenberg film. I had, I had like, mildly liked uh, When You Finish Saving the World a couple of Sundances ago. Him and Julianne Moore. He directed it. Julianne Moore and Finn Wolfhard are the stars of that one. That was, I think, an adaptation of his play or audio play or something he'd done. This is an original script. He writes it, directs it, and co-stars with Kieran Culkin. And they're both fantastic. Kieran Culkin is amazing. I know I don't watch, like, Succession, so I'm, like, late on that. But boy, is he good. They're cousins, and they go to a, a tour through Poland for their grandmother died. So they basically go to, like, like a Holocaust uh, tour. But it's also a comedy, is the thing. But, like, the stuff that's heavy is, like, appropriately handled. And Kieran Culkin is, like, dealing with depression in a way that's very interesting. He's manic, and then he's, like, calm. And, like, it's, but he's also, like, cool. I, it's, it's just very well done. I think the description of it is harder to sell as opposed to, like, watching it kind of 
navigate tricky territory well. That one I would recommend. I think especially for Kieran Ooh, Culp. That's one of the ones I, yeah. I heard good things about mostly. Yes. And then the one I hated is one that I think you would have been interested in. Um, it's called Handling the Undead. Oh, yeah. I heard kind of mixed things about that. That's a shame. So um, I was interested in it because uh, Renata Rensev and uh, Anders Danielson Lee from The Worst Person in the World are in it. They don't share scenes. Um, and I, I think that part of the world has been making some interesting cinema. But um, one, it's abysmally slow. So uh, on, a, on an abnormally hot summer day in Oslo, a strange electric field surrounds the city as a collective migraine spreads across town and the newly deceased awake from death. Okay, so it's three different um, people, essentially. So it's a it's uh, Renata her and her father, and it's the, her like recently deceased son. So there's a, a small child coming back. It's um, a woman who's recently lost her wife comes back. And a husband and children whose mother slash wife comes back. Uh, but they don't, they don't like attack. They just kind of like come back to your house and sit there. Hence the like, how do you handle this? But I'm going to, so I'm going to do a thing I don't normally do. I'm going to spoil something. Um, the movie starts with a thing that says, warning, there is a depiction of animal cruelty in this film. Always a good way to reel you in. Yeah, which I understand doesn't mean they killed an animal, but just means like this is upsetting and like probably not cool. So the, the one that has the, the the mother, they have a pet rabbit and they go to see her. She's in like a hospital at this point. And she kind of raises her hands to like want to pet the rabbit. So they give it to her. And then she squeezes the life out of the rabbit over the course of about two minutes. Jeez. While the rabbit like fidgets and fights, which is probably a real rabbit. And I understand they didn't kill a rabbit, but that rabbit's not an actor. Like that rabbit's going, stop, you're killing me. And just what the other shot is of the, family watching it in horror and that entire time is like the screeching of a dying animal before the like crunch of it being like it's neck broken and Jeez. i told the movie to fuck itself at that point yeah yeah Couldn't hard care. to argue <laughs> yeah i was like there's there, there's well, that's no a pity reason because I, I it had a neat trailer and an interesting concept so i was sure I was curious but the, about it but the point it's making with that i was like fully out at that point it was already too slow and I was kind of, and it kind of becomes like a traditional like horror movie by the end in a in a, in a very light way, but one that's like the most unnecessary animal death I've ever seen in a movie. And I don't even like have a particular like fondness for rabbits, but like, <laughs> imagine if it was a dog, I would have like tor I would have actually like <laughs> attacked the filmmaker. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. I hated it. I felt I I almost gave it zero stars, but I've already been on record saying like I only do that to a snuff film. And this isn't an actual snuff film. So if they actually killed the rabbit, then maybe. <laughs> oh, if they actually killed the rabbit, I would have, like, it would have been, a, a, like, a 2,000-word essay on why this person needs to go to jail. Uh, it was the most generous two-star review I've ever given. Because I really wanted to be like, it gets nothing. I reward you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, and then, yes, Hitman is amazing. Sorry that you don't get to see it until June. Me too. <laughs> um... Steve, you you're excited for Hitman, I hope. I I am. But oh, I good. do not get to, I saw it on your list for months now and I've been waiting and then I get the the amazing announcement that we get to wait another what five months, so Yeah, a little bit. I will be patient. All right. Um quickly I saw two new movies. Uh one comes out this week, one comes out next week. I saw Argyle. I hated it. Um in that it was disappointing. 
Like, I like Matthew Vaughn, and this movie is a fucking slog, and has, like, 19 twists, 18 of which don't work. And, like, I just, I didn't care. And it's PG-13 in a way it doesn't need to be. Like, I, I just, I got nothing out of this film. I think, Steve, you saw a clip, right, at, like, Comic-Con? At, at New York Comic-Con, yes. And, and it, you were It, fe- it felt long then. And, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, didn't like it. Um, on the flip side, though, before we recorded, I saw Lisa Frankenstein, and that's my favorite movie of the year, not named uh, Hitman. I'm so excited uh, for that one. It's so I've heard good. several nice things about that, yeah. It's it's Heathers. It's it's Heathers if Diablo Cody wrote Heathers. I love that it's set in the 80s. I think it's set in, like, 89 specifically. So it has, like, a almost Tim Burton vibe without having to be, like, weird and stupid. Oh, I, I, I actually, like didn't think about what the movie was going to be about at one point. Like, you guys both know what the movie's about. Yeah. Yes. But I didn't I didn't think about the actual, like, Frankenstein aspect of it until it started happening. I was like, oh, wait, holy shit, we're in it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, um, I Catherine uh, Newton, very, very good. Like, there's, like, a light that gets flipped on at one point in this movie, and she's a whole different character in a way, and, oh, so about it. Um, Miles, you'll especially like it. I think it's it sort of echoes a freaky and like, she's just like lit up. Yes. Awesome. Oh, um, and, um, uh, the, 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 the co-star, which, which of the twins is it? Which Sprouse is it? Uh, well, um, based on your tweet, it's exold Sprouse. Oh, it, fucking Twitter, whatever. Doesn't uh, matter. Cole is the name you're looking for. All right. Um, whatever people know. Uh, yeah, no, it's like mostly a silent performance, and he's so good at like these like reactions to things she's saying and doing. Um, some really funny things. It's like the the uh, little bits of violence that pop up are great. Oh, I was I was so into this movie. I, I am very eager to see Zelda Williams make more movies. Nice. Yes. Um, loved it. Uh, so let's do some questions. That'll be our Oscar stuff for the week, and then we'll we'll wrap up on a a thing that we'll have to talk about for a second because we have to figure that out. Um, long story short, we forgot which thing we said we were going to recalibrate this year, this week. So we're gonna we're guessing. <laughs> so feel free to tell us if we did it wrong. Our first question is from Josie DeMarco: Which fake books from movies would you most want to read? They list. A Match Made in Space by George McFly from Back to the Future. The Day After Yesterday from Sideways. F from American Fiction. I think they mean fuck. Um, Higher Education of Philip Stone from Misery. How I Did It, Young Frankenstein. I like that. I like that pick. That's my favorite so far. (laughs) Yeah. Tropic Thunder, The True Story by John Fourleaf Tabak from Tropic Thunder. Straight Jacket by Marcus Skinner, Orange County. The Complete Works of Joan Wilder, Romancing the Stone, or A Family of Geniuses from the Royal Tenenbaums. Which of these fake books do you think would most likely win a literary award? Well, Miles can chime in on American fiction soon, but, like, I think that's possible. Um, I most want to read uh, How I Did It. Yeah, that's my pick. Yeah. Like, by a uh, lot. <laughs> I'll go Family of Geniuses. Okay. That'd be interesting, I think. I would read that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they're all they're all they're excellent picks to the point where like, I don't feel like we need to add picks. I think these are good ones. These are very good ones. Agreed. Um, what else do we have? Josie says, 
With The Boy and the Heron nominated for animated feature and that being sort of an afterlife movie, what are your favorite afterlife movies, Miles Ghost? Uh, and which movie version slash depiction of the afterlife would you like to go to? Uh, well, we all have to pretend we believe in that, right? Uh, we all, like, we all yeah. awkwardly look at Steve. Sure. All right, cool. All right, so we're all in on that. All right. What are we? What are we thinking? Afterlife movie, and is there a movie afterlife you want? I think I'm gonna go. With, I want the afterlife from uh, This Is the End, where it's just Backstreet Boys. <laughs> well, it looks like like a like a like it looks like the movie, like a like a party, but like a edgy party. I'm cool with that. Um, I can't think of other like depictions um... of the afterlife. Uh, Not mean, necessarily the one I would want to go to, but one that I think is kind of underrated is the um, Albert Brooks movie, Defending Your Life. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to go one. to that one, but it is like an amazing it's, it's depiction. It's a good movie, I think. Yes. Um, um, have you seen uh, Lost in America, Miles? Lost in America. I don't think I have. It's another Albert Brooks movie. You should watch that if you like Albert Brooks. Oh. Wait, Steve, have you seen it? Yes. He's underappreciated okay. at this point. You know, like the, for newer film viewers, I think... He his work needs to be uh, well because most people I feel like nowadays would mainly know him from like Drive, which is very not Not indicative of the rest of his work. Steve, you'll know what I'm talking about. I showed my dad the scene where he basically asks um, Gary Marshall to give him the money back. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been a while. So uh, oh, he he loses money at a casino and asks the head of the casino to give him the money. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Pitches like you'll be seen as a hero. He's like, but we're a casino. Our job is to like. Make money. No, no, but you only do it to for me. You won't do it for every schmuck who's here to see Wayne Newton. I like Wayne Newton. Oh, it's so funny. There's something about his delivery. I mean, I think he's one really one of the most underappreciated comic actors. He's just every time he's on, even when he's on a a, a talk show or anything like that. Uh, him he, and he's Reiner got an extra something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He also got this this natural like kind of almost not the dad joke, but it's something in that vein of yeah. like familiar and like almost like like yeah. uh, comfort food <laughs> and my favorite tweet ever after we didn't get nominated for the oscar for drive he went you don't like me you really don't like me yep yeah. that's great um, um i would i snubs yeah i i have a couple that i would go to but sure one that's like a lot of fun is bill and ted's bogus journey oh, where you're hanging out with one. Best depiction yeah. of death, at the very least. Oh yeah, sure. you got Albert Einstein, you've got aliens, you've got you know, it's just like, it's like very, almost juvenile. But sure. hell, that would be that would be like that's like what when you talk as as a kid, you talk about heaven. That's it. Yeah, you're hanging out I with mean, everybody and you're like, oh wait, around the corner is anybody and everybody that you want to talk to. Totally. But if you want to go to a more uh, kind of mature uh, selection, I would go with Nine Days. Um, interesting. Oh yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. Yeah, I think I think that I thought it was very unique and uh, and quite beautiful at times. So that's uh, that's my choice. I'll say the Iron Claw, even though I know Miles, you don't like that uh, scene. No, I don't like that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I would like that. that. But I would like that if that was my experience. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like the yeah, that's all the rainbows and butterflies. Sure, hey, every, we're all together. Um, Fair enough. But you know, I I get that too. Okay. Um, Josie also asked, if the Mystery Science Theater team were to host the Oscars, how would you like the show to go? And which MST3K villains would you like to see part of the telecast? Um, I would 
like to see them watch Green Book. Yeah, just just like keep checking in on them as they like every like 20 minutes or whatever, just like and here they're being forced to watch Green Book. And it's like, oh, my God, we're still going. This is a this is a side answer because it's not MST T3K. But, you know, every so often when people make the case that the Muppets should host the Oscars Mm -hmm. and like I'm fully on board with that. They should. They should. I, I don't know why they don't do it. And I there beyond the obvious, like it's clever, it's different, like Muppet humor when good is great. What a missed opportunity to have Statler and Waldorf in the balcony, right? Check in on them every third commercial break, like, oh, like it, it writes itself. What it's it's they almost look like they are in like the Oscar balcony. Yeah. Like it's it's very, yeah. That's one of what? those bits that as soon as you say it, it's like, why hasn't anyone done that? The one caveat to that is I feel like, and this is why it would never happen, you need them to be live, essentially, like improv. You need them to be reacting to the show. Well, you can't do – there was that clip um, that went around recently of back when they used to animate the animated contenders like into the audience and it would have to be a pre-recorded thing. No, it needs to be – they need to be reacting to the show. Like you need – like imagine them – imagine if the Muppets hosted the Oscars when we gave the Oscar to Anthony Hopkins. Oh man, that would have been. <laughs> you need to have them be able to be like they they couldn't even do that right. Oh, oh, oh. like you need that. Like it's perfect. I mean, uh, it's very it's, much hanging a lampshade on it, but you know. But yeah, but like that's that's what they do. Like Statler and Waldorf don't do like on the no- they're on the nose, but they're funny because they're on the nose. Um, no, I'm on right, board so with you, that. So with Mystery Science Theater, any other ideas? Um, as far as villains, okay, so. My sneaky confession that I think is probably true for a lot of people when it comes to Mystery Science Theater is that I love the show, but I always fast forward through the actual like sketches and character beats in between uh, the movie segments. I That's fair. I've never been into it. Even as yeah. a lifelong fan, it's just not for me. Um, so I don't know the filling characters especially well, but I, get, I know that Patton Oswalt is one of them. So I'm him. Him. By I like that. Yeah, I like him. Steve, you good on that? You gotta, you gotta take. Yeah, it. I'll go with that. I don't, I don't have any offhand. Okay. Um, since it's part of a director's job to work so closely with actors, should members of the director, director's branch of Ampest be allowed to vote for acting performances during Oscar nomination voting? I personally think they should. Uh, I understand why, but I, I'm no. That's that's I, a, I think a that slippery le- slope can lead to some bias. Definitely. I, I, I got into a, not really, but I. In the comments of one of my tweets, there was this whole thing about like whether the directing branch should change how they vote or be open to new things just because we do know that bias can definitely leak in there. I think mm. yes, but I think it's a complex answer in terms of what that solution looks like. Yeah, there isn't. It's like when we talked about like the SAG credits, right? Yeah. There isn't yeah. A, a clear cut like, well, why don't they just do this? Otherwise, I I wouldn't say, for example, that like actors should vote on directors by that same token. No. Um, But there has to be a way to sort of widen or at least diversify the uh, the field of sort of who's who's chiming in on that, because as is, it Mm -hmm. it feels a little limited. Well, I mean, we know the the problem is for people who do this, we kind of know what they do. Right. So, you know, about. The types of directors who directors like to nominate you know about especially when you get into like the tech branches right you know like i spent how long telling you guys like michael j fox movie not gonna get in yeah you just kind of like know them in a way that you wish you didn't almost 
Um, there isn't an answer, but I understand the the conception of the question, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew Anderson says, since we're waiting for guild slash BAFTA picks over the next month. Yep, we got to do this for a couple weeks, guys. Um, what are some categories, whether it's above or below the line? Do you think we might get some surprises in terms of the winners at the Oscars? Um, I, I think there is a fairly good chance that there won't be surprises. That this could be kind of a coronation, which I think is weird because people on the surface will be very excited about it, but also very bored with it, which is a shame considering everyone's excited about the movie that will be doing very well. But, I mean, it's kind of a tried answer, but it's look for the non-frontrunners at the guilds to if they lose, right? Yeah. If You know, we kind of know the two people up for best actor at this point, right? So if a third wins... We kind of yep. know the two people up for Best Actress if a third wins. Supporting Actor, essentially, but it's done. Like, anyone except for the frontrunner and Supporting Actress. Those kind of things. Um, I guess below the line, like, we were talking... We were, were we on air talking about visual effects? Or off uh, air? Off air. Okay, so that's a that's an interesting potential surprise in that the, the default is maybe the creator or Guardians of the Galaxy or Godzilla, right? The three different cases. You can, you can see the case. Mm-hmm. But you kind of made you also sort of made the case of Napoleon in a way that I was a little skeptical of. Like Napoleon will be an upset. That'd be yep. a bit of a surprise, but we're not going to have like evidence of that in the same way. No, I agree. Yeah, but Steve, I think that's think? that's one where like any of the five could potentially be a surprise, just because there's no clear front runner. Sure. I mean, I I have to see stuff start to unfold to figure out where I think like oh, watch out for. It's a little early for the watch out fours. Yeah. Yeah, Steve. Yep. He's like, there's nothing really about this. All right. Well, here you have to contribute to this one. I'm ready. Kfly208 asks, "How would you rank the ten films with thirteen Oscar nominations? You got to rank these. You got to you got to do a one through oh. ten. So, take a second. Uh, okay. Well, I've got I've more or less got mine because there's like four I haven't seen. So I'll just I'll read off the list for people who don't have it in front of okay. them. Uh, the list as Kfly sent it to us is Chicago, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Forrest Gump, From Here to Eternity, Gone with the Wind, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Mary Poppins, Oppenheimer, Shakespeare in Love, Shape of Water, and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. How the hell do you rank these? I'm going to, how about, so, wait, Steve, have you seen all ten? Um, I believe, yes. And Miles, you're missing three? I'm missing Virginia Woolf, I'm missing Gone with the Wind, and From Here to Eternity. Okay, so you're going to start at 7. So I'm going to read my 10, 9, and 8. And then uh, Steve will read his 10, 9, and 8 when he's ready. Um, my 10 is Lord of the Rings. Shocker. Yep. Uh, my 9 is Shape of Water. Uh, that's the one that yeah. irritates me more. Yeah. And my 8 is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Steve? Um, I'm just, give me one second. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I'm missing one. Oh, here we go. All right. Oh, my gosh, it's. I mean, these are such a such a wide range of films here. It's sure. tough to compare, but all right. Um, ten. Ten is curious case of Benjamin Button. All right. Interesting. Nine. Uh, I I didn't care for. It was okay. Right. Uh, nine. Uh, let's go with. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? All right. Eight. Eight. I'm probably going to be on board with you with uh, 
with the shape of water. Okay. Miles, read your number seven. So my number seven is Mary Poppins. I'm pretty indifferent to it. All right. Steve, read your number seven. All right. Hold on. I'm still writing the other ones. Um, from here to eternity. That's my number seven as well. So my, Steve gets no break because Miles, what's your number six? My number six is Forrest Gump, which is fine. Uh, my number six is Mary Poppins, which is fine. Steve, you're back at six now. <laughs> my six is... Damn it. Uh, let's go Gump. Okay. Uh, Miles, you're number five. Number five, I'm going to do Shakespeare in Love, which I it's my quite, number five. Like, quite like, even though it obviously gets lost in the shuffle of what it beat. Exactly. I like it, too. That's my number five. I'm going to go Mary Poppins. All right. Number four. Wait, hold on. Wait a second. Did you hold lie? I, I think a number got skipped because I have five more. Yeah, no. I have five more as well. So that was my number uh, six. No, my that 10 was Lord one. of the Rings. My nine was Shape of Water. My eight was Virginia Woolf. Well, then is there my... more than 10 of these? No, they told 10. us 10. Wait, well, one, two, but... I think we did our first. We did our. Oh, wait, uh, there might be 11 of these. Hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, there's 11 of these. Game flake. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, there's no way. All right. well, so wait, I didn't one. write one down. Hang on. Oh, I see where it is. Okay. Um, yeah, my, I missed Gone with the Wind, and that's oh, in the I bottom tier. So my, I'm, I, we're doing number fives now. Or do your six and then your five. Oh, Okay. Because it was, I'm up to five, so you have an extra one, so you have six and five. Well, my six is Shakespeare. Okay, so what's your five? My five is a Curious Case of Benjamin Button. It's not amazing, but I like it more than most. And then what's your four? Uh, four is Chicago, which I quite like. My four is Chicago. So, Steve, your five and your four. All right. So, wait. No, well, I, I still have, I'm missing a six, I think, as well. No, you Some, did I don't six. know. I don't know. I think from from here to eternity was my last, right? Okay, sure. Then let's go Gone with the Wind. Okay. Mary Poppins. And then your number four. Gump. No, okay. no, that's my five. Four is Oppenheimer. Okay, whatever. You're up to your top three. We're all up to our top I three. I don't like this list. I don't <laughs> Okay. My number three is I how about this? We're just gonna read our top three now. Yeah. Uh, okay. My number <laughs> my number three is Forrest Gump. My number two is Benjamin Button. My number one is Oppenheimer. Okay. Uh, my number three is Fellowship of the Ring. My number two is Shape of Water. My number one is Oppenheimer. Steve? Okay. My three is Chicago. My two is Shakespeare in Love. My one is Fellowship of the Ring. All right. And let's never speak of this again. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. I, I look at these. I'm like, wait, how the hell? You know, they're, they're just... It's, it's, it's a lot of it, apples and oranges. And it's apples, dogs. oranges, and potatoes, and a yep. few uh, kumquats in there. So it's... Uh, who doesn't love a kumquat? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who does it? Right? Before we do our recalibration, let's look at the Oscar clips. So, I will tell you the actor or actress, and you tell me their um, clip. So, let's do actor. So, um, Bradley Cooper. 
it's the uh, conduct it's conducting the oh yeah no yeah, and, it's, there's no dialogue in it i would go with you know what i would actually say is one of his best clips is the one where he's uh talking to his daughter about his affairs mm. i think okay. he's very good in that i think the other i think the likely clip we'll get if not the conducting is uh, if summer doesn't sing and you you know yeah yeah probably yeah. that that's more uh, likely yeah coleman domingo mm-hmm uh, probably one of the heartfelt scenes with MLK. I'm thinking the later one. Um, I'm going to go with the one that is, uh, also a centerpiece awards radar quote. There's a trailer that has a clip of him then has our, our, our quote, my quote. And it's when he, it was it on the day I was born, uh, black. I was also born a homosexual. Yep. That's yeah. Good yeah. That's, that's, the I think, clip. I think that's the clip. Yeah. Uh, Giamatti. Um, I mm. mean, we'd love it to be penis cancer in human form, but something tells yeah. me they won't go with that. Um, <laughs> no. It'll be one of the things with the kid, right? A heartfelt, like, you're not so bad kind of thing. It's going to be a bad clip. E- either that or, like, him in the classroom. like. No, like, no, I assure I you, you can. Oh, that's very glaringly apparent. Or no, I, I can't fail this kid. No, no, I assure you, you can. Um, it's going to be one of those. It's not going to be a good clip, though, I think. Yeah. I think it's going to be a miss... I would think maybe with something, maybe the the dinner, the table with them together. No, that's too much oh, of a, well, that's again, a good that's, one, though. Eh, I don't think it's going to be oh, a good well, representative what, clip. What about him in the bowling alley with the pipe? That's a really good maybe. one. Maybe. Um, Killian Murphy. Uh, I'm thinking one of, like, the interrogation scenes. Like, maybe something where Jason Clark is grilling him. Yeah, he's. it's going to be a reactive clip as opposed to him. I think so. I don't think either, you're either that or him te- either that or him teaching physics. Maybe um, Jeffrey Wright. I think it's going to be I'm black. This is my book. Like it's going to be a very simple clip. I think Miles can't comment yet, yet, but yeah, yeah, probably. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, He's got Annette, a lot of good scenes, so it's like yeah. it's tough. Right. It's... Um, Annette Benning, you haven't seen it yet, Miles, right? Nope. Steve, what do you think for for Nyad? I mean, it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of the scenes that she's demanding she has to go back in the water. You know, it's yeah, like, or it's going to be the end. They do that sometimes. Where they're just like, here's what happened. You're like, wait, <laughs> why? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a particularly exciting clip. Um, Sandra Uller, let's do next. Oh, well, hers is the one that's been floating around Twitter for months where she's uh, grilling into the husband. Probably. Even yeah. though I think that's a weird clip to show. I don't know. It's such an internal performance also. They're going to they're gonna screw up the clip, I think. But that's her um, showy. Luckily, voting is over. But... Yeah. What about Lily Gladstone? I think that's a hard one. Uh, yeah, because it'll probably have to be a more... It might be her, like, sobbing on the stairs. Yeah. Because the the clip they show of her a lot is her like reacting to DiCaprio being like a scoundrel there in the in the car. It, it could be one of her last scenes of the two of them. Maybe I like hope the, it's a the better one scene where like that. where it's um, where she asks him the big question and he can't really answer. It's more reactive, but if they do something towards the end, like you were saying, that feels like it could be. Yeah, um, Carrie Mulligan will be her talking to Sarah Silverman, right? Like I was a fool. Either that or it could be the Snoopy scene. <laughs> I was going to say the Snoopy scene seems like. I, I've i been doing the Best Picture nominees as Shot of the Day the past nine days or whatever, and I made the Snoopy scene the Shot of the Day. Yeah, it's a good one. I did want, I wanted to do the one, I wanted to do the him conducting with her looking 
like from behind her head, but it was it wasn't a good image. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you know, I, I mean, I don't, we don't have to get into this, but the the way people are pouncing on that film, I was like, you know what? Don't if if this wasn't, I don't I don't even know where where the hatred comes from, but I'm like, my God, there's so much that was done right, and it's it's unfortunate that we can't just be more uh, yeah. objective and sure. and stop whatever hatred that you want to cast on people. It's like. Well, it seems like a lot of projecting things that aren't necessarily part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. uh, Emma Stone, we have like 90 options. Oh, yeah. We are are our own. um, Her talking to Catherine Hunter about why the employment is such a good idea. That's one of my favorite things. Um, Also, we are our own means of production. Yeah. Or, I, I mean, so many, so many options. Maybe why she wins. Uh, can't go wrong. All right. Uh, supporting actress, Emily Blunt. I hope it's the interrogation scene. It would have to be. Although mm-hmm. it could, yeah. it, as the backup would probably be her, like kind of shaking him out of his stupor after, uh, Tatlock dies. Yeah. Yeah. That, the, the, um, the one image we saw of her for a year and a half. Yep. Um, Danielle Brooks. Miles hasn't seen it yet, right? Nope. Um, they should be just one of out her. of context do a scene of her from Peacemaker just to fuck with people. That'd be great. That'd be great. I mean, that's my pick. How about that? Actually, that's mean to her. Steve, pick a real one. No, I didn't see it yet. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, no. she has a lot of like, she has like the, the funnier moments um, are part of them. So there's going to be like a, a witty retort. Um, America Ferreira, we all know what it's going to be. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that, be. that will be the biggest example of them botching it if it's not that monologue. Yeah, like... You can't not. Uh, Jodie Foster, Steve is going to be a center, side piece to. I gotta it's going to be the yeah. It's going to be the, the retort to the I must yeah, go back in her, the water. It's going to be her like yelling at her in the third yeah. act. Um, and Divine Joy Randolph, they're going to have trouble with this one. Actually, I think. I think it's going to be the one with her like breaking down in the kitchen. Kitchen scene. Yeah, that's like her kitchen biggest scene. moment. Yes, mm-hmm. I think that I. They don't like that though. They like more dialogue driven when they can though. Mm, but it is her best scene. But there's uh, a there's a, be... so she she's talking about her son, and there's that. Yeah. Or there's a scene on the couch. Yeah. It's it's a kind of a quieter scene. They're, they're or when she yells at Giamatti. F- or when she yells at Giamatti for not understanding what the kids are going through. That, when they leave that the party. Could be, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, That's such a good film. Yeah. Uh, supporting actor Sterling K. Brown. There's two options for me, Steve uh, Miles. You'll see it in a couple days. Um, it's either people want to love you, monk. You should let them love you, all of you. But that's it's not it's not like his best scene. Yeah. I mean, I really hope it's the when he's drinking in the morning. I'm not flying the plane. Like that's that's a better line. I don't know what they're gonna do though. Or when he when he's when he it's gonna be a Jeffrey Wright centric scene also. Yeah, that's a thing. It's gonna be definitely yeah. truly supporting in the uh, yeah because that's what that's what he does best in this film. It's got, yeah, it's that's that what makes it war between them. You know, that's, that's what makes it an interesting nomination. Also, it's a real supporting performance. Mm-hmm. Um, De Niro. I think it's going to be the one where he's behind bars and talking about it's going to be another everyday tragedy. Yeah, that's a, that's probably because mm-hmm. the problem is you have to depict that he's evil. I think it's going to be that one where there's a scene where he's speaking to them and he's kind of you know this which is a lot of the film. I'm trying to think of something to better identify it, but he's pretty much lying to their face. He's like, "I'm on your side." And it's either going to be totally yeah, one of his like. In. Like, the options I'm, I'm are like one of the, the funeral scenes. And, like he ran off that whole thing. 
It's either going to be the one of the funeral scenes where he's like, we're, we're here for you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It could be him with Jesse Plemons when he's being shaved, right? Because um, yeah. they like the visual of that. It could be yeah. behind bars. The other option would be that like dark room where he basically like recruits DiCaprio for the first time for real. Mm-hmm. I could see it being that also. It, again, harder harder because it's such – also, <laughs> a lot of the things he says you can't really have on TV. I mean, the spanking scene, if we're lucky, but I doubt it. Oh, if only. Um, Gosling, a lot of options also. Um, I'm trying to think what would be a good – because if, if a more Oscar-y clip would be like, you know, his, his and Barbie's final conversation, but that's not very indicative of the overall it should be, performance. If they, have a, if they give it a little more time, which they won't, it should be his, like, little montage of, like, discovering what men are like in the real world where he goes to, like – I'm going to do a performer surgery and like just that kind of thing. Like him trying to get it like in the doctor's office. That could work. Yeah, that could work. Or, um, or the beat you off scene, I guess will be the other one. Yeah. Or like, uh, talking about the Mojo Dojo Casa house, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Downey. Downey. I think it's gotta be his like big speech in his office where he's like fire and brimstone. Yeah. 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 I think so. And then Ruffalo. Um, Ruffalo is after after his uh, his fall, I think, and he's you know he's on her case about uh, you know after he's you know I mean, not not his higher moments, but one of his lower moments. I, well, the like half. their breakup scene, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think be. so too. After after the money's gone, and well, the problem is a lot of things he says to her. You also yeah. can't run. either that, or I keep seeing the. Um... The clip of him throwing her book away um, going around. So if they want a lighter one, it might be that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And as we wrap up, so again, we forgot which uh, year we were supposed to recalibrate. So we're going to assume you guys were talking. We were, we suggested the 79th one. That's mm-hmm. the year of the departed. So if it's not, uh, oops, someone tell us and we'll do a different one next week. All right. So quickly... Visual effects. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest wins. Other options, Poseidon and Superman Returns. Are you recalling or keeping? Keep it. I recall. Recall. I'm still on Pirates. I think those effects still hold up today. I'm going to go Superman Returns. Hey, Superman wins. That was easy. (laughs) Uh, Costume design. Marie Antoinette wins. Options, Curse of the Golden Flower, Devil Wears Prada, Dream Girls, The Queen. Uh, recall. I'll keep it. I'm. I'll keep it. Yeah. All right. What That's would what you were gonna uh, say? Recall for? I was probably gonna say either uh, Devil Wears Prada or Dreamgirls. Devil Wears Prada was an okay second choice. Uh, makeup. Pan's Labyrinth wins. Options: Apocalypto and Click. Leave it. Click. Keep it. Get the fuck out of here with Click. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was rec- I was recalling for Click. A no, movie that no. made me cry. Over Pan's Labyrinth? Get the... F- be serious. I, I prefer Click to Pan's Labyrinth, yes. <laughs> oh, um, okay, but even, even outside of that objectively wrong opinion, the makeup? Come on. It's, gr- it's great fat makeup. It, moving on. <laughs> uh, best film editing, Thelma, The Departed. If you recall, your options are Babel, Blood Diamond, Children of Men, United 93. I'd say keep it. It's editing. Where the hell I'm? I'm looking at the list. Oh, there we are. Um. Yeah, keep it. 
Uh, I'm okay keeping it. If I recalled, I would have gone Unite 93. That's fair. That, that's a good choice, too. I was thinking Children of Men or that, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, art Direction, Pan's Labyrinth wins. Your options are Dreamgirls, The Good Shepherd, Pirates of the Caribbean, or The Prestige. Keep it. Keep it. I'm okay keeping it. If I recalled, I would have actually gone The Good Shepherd. Hmm. Interesting. That's a that's a very good-looking, boring movie. <laughs> I, I <laughs> agree one, with one of those things. I think it looks good. I think the period stuff is well done. I, I and don't remember it enough to confirm. That's fair. He was there's too a very, bored. There's a very good scene in that movie um, between Matt Damon and Joe Pesci where he asks, like, Matt Damon, like, why he's doing this because he doesn't have, like, a cultural – like, because just a generic white dude. I don't know if you remember the scene, but it's a it's very good. The um, only scene I remember from that movie is when he first meets John Turturro, and mm-hmm. Turturro's like, they asked me for, like, a guy with a stick up his ass. There can't be more than one of you. Yeah, that's good. I do like that Joe Pesci's talking about, like, what what's your deal kind of thing. He's like – and he talks about all the different cultures and mostly with slurs, like, this group has this, this group has that. What do you have? And Matt Damon's retort is, we have the United States of America. The rest of you are just visiting. And it's like for that, like stick up his ass character, it's a perfect response. Um, in a movie that I don't think is like particularly good. All right, yeah. cinematography. Pan's Labyrinth wins. Guillermo Navarro. If you recall, your options are the Black Dahlia, Vilmos Zygmunt, Children of Men, Chivo, The Illusionist, Dick Poop, and The Prestige, Wally Pfister. <laughs> Leave it, um, but there's some good options there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh... Recall. I'm gonna recall, but I don't know that it's it's changing. I want to play this out though. Children of Men. That would be yeah. my second choice. Okay, so that's that's what we're doing actually. All right. Yeah. Great. Even though, well, I mean, in other in other years, I feel like we've taken it from Lubeski, so that's that's okay. All right. Sound mixing. Dream Girls wins. Other options: Apocalypto, Blood Diamond, Flags of Our Fathers, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, recall, I guess. Yeah, recall. Sure, recall. I'll go pirates, but I don't feel strongly anyway. Steve? Uh, I'd go flag of our fathers. But uh, you know what? I, I don't really recall the sound compared the sound So you know mixing. what? Here, I'll go Apocalypto, which would give Greg P. Russell his first Oscar, and it diverts back to Dreamgirls because we don't care that much. All right. Sure. Um, it's it's tough not to see, you know, side yeah. by side. It's been uh, Sound editing. Long. Letters from Iwo Jima won that one. Apocalypto, Blood Diamond, Flags of Our Fathers, Pirates of the Caribbean. They sub out Dream Girls for Letters from Iwo Jima. I would leave it. Yeah, keep it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Is that? Not, I also want to say that's like the only thing Iwo Jima won. I believe so. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, original song. I need to wake up from an inconvenient truth. Other nominees are Listen from Dream Girls. Love You, I Do from Dreamgirls, Our Town from Cars, and Patience from Dreamgirls. Now you understand why they changed this category a little bit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no kidding. Unfortunately, um, keep it. Like, Yeah, I would keep it because I don't remember any of the other songs. Um, I don't remember the original songs in Dreamgirls being particularly good. Yeah, I'd just keep it. I'd yeah, and I think her song is fine. Yeah. Her song is fine. Um, original score, Babu. Um, Gustavo Santalala, who... I don't, I'm indifferent to the Babel score, but like, uh, The Last of Us score is amazing. Go back to Babel. They're not that different. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I do. I mean, he kind of has the one style to it. Yeah, Brokeback is the best version of it. Agreed. But I think The Last of Us is a little different. Uh, Other nominees are The Good German. Good Shepherd, Good German. Notes on a Scandal, Philip Glass. Pan's Labyrinth, The Queen. I'm fine to leave it, actually. I would recall. I'll recall. All right. I would actually go Notes on a Scandal. I love a good Philip Glass score. Oh. Um, I was going to go Pan's Labyrinth, so. I would, I, mean, I, I, never would, I would second Pan's Labyrinth if we're. The Queen is the Splat. Good, good German's Thomas Newman. Um, I'm actually going to go Notes on a Scandal. Okay. All right. I like Philip Glass. Animated short. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, animated. That's, yeah. No. Uh, animated short, live action short, documentary short. I don't think there's anything that you uh, guys will remember. Probably not. I remember. No. Documentary feature, An Inconvenient Truth wins. Other nominees were Deliver Us from Evil, Iraq in Fragments, Jesus Camp, My Country, My Country. Leave it. Yeah, leave it. I would say leave it, but my second choice would have been um, either Deliver Us from Evil or Jesus Camp. They're all yeah. Like I would I would have said downers. Jesus Camp, but yeah, Inconvenient Truth just holds up the best. I think. Yeah, they're all like major downers. <laughs> yeah, that's. All right, foreign language film. This is a baller year. Yes, I, of I distinctly wins. remember this being one of the best lineups they've ever had in that category. It also has the best reaction, which I'll talk about in a second. So The Lives of Others wins. Your other nominees are After the Wedding. So Florian Henkel von Donersmark wins. Best name in film. Uh, Susanna Bier, After the Wedding. Days of Glory. Um, I don't know that filmmaker. Pan's Labyrinth, Guillermo del Toro. And it ends with Water. I just Do you remember the nominations? Because it's uh, Salma Hayek announcing. And she's like insanely happy that Pan's Labyrinth is nominated. And she just ends with, and from Canada, Water. Just oh, like, uh-huh. I didn't. Wa- I wouldn't have watched it at the time, but I vaguely remember hearing about that. Yeah, it just just throws off. And from Canada, water. Like, by the way, um, I'm okay keeping it. I'm actually okay keeping it too, even though I love Pan's Labyrinth. I'm okay keeping it. My Lives of Others been... is an absolute banger. I feel like yeah. more people should check it out. Yeah. My second choice actually would have been After the Wedding. That's is a banger another... too. Yeah. Pan's yeah. Labyrinth three. I haven't seen Water or Days of Glory. Animated feature. Happy more. Feet. Otherwise, Oof. you could have Cars or Monster House. Yeah, this is a this is not a baller year. No, <laughs> no. Monster House uh, looked good at least. I would go Monster House of the three. I mean, I I do not like any of these. Um, Monster I like House I've tried feet. several times. I mean, they're okay. I mean, but none of them are. None of them are great. No. None of them do I, I put on because I want to. It's he secretly likes cars and he anymore. just doesn't want to say it. No, I don't. Uh, I wish I did because I made three yeah. of them now. Actually, third one's the best one. First one's fine. Second one is weird. Third one's almost good. Um, I'll just say keep it. Okay, that's fine. A re- adapted screenplay. The Departed, William Monaghan. If you recall, your options are... Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit, Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. <laughs> Written by Sasha Baron Cohen, Anthony Hines, Peter Bayman, Dan Mazur, and Todd Phillips. Children of Men, Alfonso Cuaron, Timothy J. Sexton, David Arata, Mark Fergus, and Hawk Otsby. Little Children, Todd Field and Tom Parada. Notes on a Scandal, Patrick Marber. 
four of the five movies, uh, three of the five movies written by multiple people. Two of them written by a dozen people. I feel like that doesn't happen as often anymore. No, no, no. Except when Borat got nominated again. Yeah. Um. God, Todd Phillips was nominated that long ago. Wild. Todd Phillips has multiple Oscar nominations. Um. I would leave it. Yeah, I. Yeah, leave it. Yeah, I'm fine leaving it, even though I do. Um, I'd be okay with. Um. Little Children or Borat. By the way, Todd yeah. Phillips has three Oscar nominations. Well, the other two for Joker, I assume. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Departed. That movie. That movie's great. Yeah. Screenplay original. Michael Arndt, Little Miss Sunshine. If you're recalling, your options are Babel, Guillermo Arriaga, Letters from Iwo Jima, Iris Yamashita, and Paul Haggis, Pan's Labyrinth, Guillermo del Toro, The Queen, Peter Morgan. I say leave it. I say leave it. I say leave it, but I'd be happy yep. if Pan's Labyrinth. Well, we're leaving it. Boy, is Pan's Labyrinth coming up empty in a, a place I thought would be friendly. No, I mean, I, I would. that would be my two, but I think Little Miss yeah, Sunshine. Yeah, it's coming up. I think it's a, the screenplay is if one we're of going the strongest screen, elements. Yeah, we're here. going screenplay. I think Little Miss Sunshine just has something special about it. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Supporting actress, Jennifer Hudson, Dreamgirls. If you recall, your options are Adriana Barraza, Babel, Kate Blanchett, Notes on a Scandal, Abigail Breslin, Little Miss Sunshine, and Rinko Kikuchi, Babel. I say recall. 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 All right, Miles. It's between Blanchett and Kikuchi for me. All right, Steve, where are you at? Well, I pick one. Uh, well, I want to say Every, Abigail everybody Breslin. Everybody else gets a chance to see how things play out. I'm, I know. I'm going to see what you guys think. <laughs> well, I want to say Abigail Breslin, but I don't want to divert to Jennifer Hudson, even though she's not. Yeah, bad well, that's, in it. that's she's where my I five. feel. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of singing performances, and she was all singing. Uh, not enough acting for me. So, okay. I'm on. I'm. It's it's Blanchett or, or Breslin for me. So, all right. I say Breslin. Miles says Blanchett or Kikuchi. I'll, so we got, I'll, we got. I'll 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 solidify on Blanchett. Okay, I'm fine mm-hmm. with it. All right, let's go Blanchett. All right, that's fine. That's okay. Um, best supporting actor: Alan Arkin, Little Miss Sunshine. The late Alan Arkin. Just throwing that out there as we vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why would you really do good. that? <laughs> it's also a really tear, good performance. Tearful. Um, yes, it is. Fuck a lot of girls, Dwayne. <laughs> oh, it's such a good performance. It's so. It should be dumb, but he's so good. Uh, if we recall, it's a really good lineup, though. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a lot of misses. You got Jackie O'Haley, Little Children. Boy, is he unsettling in that film. Jaiman Hansu Blood Diamond. Miles, cue your rant about how he's never used properly after this. <laughs> he's never used properly. He's got yeah. two Oscar nominations. What are we doing? What yep. are we doing? Eddie Murphy, Dreamgirls. And Mark Wahlberg, The Departed. God. No Nicholson. The funny thing no is, Nicholson, I think... I... No Ben yeah. Affleck, who I think might have been... If he was in here, he would be my pick. I love Affleck in this. No, um... I mean, listen. Depending on how you uh, how you were fucking around with it, no DiCaprio or Damon. If you want to fuck around with category fraud, like well, I think that they all they both got fucked just because that was very confusing for the Departed. If you had to put one supporting, would it be Damon? Probably. I think DiCaprio gets just a little bit more of a look in. 
That's true. Also, would Damon have won? No. He's so. It might be one of his best performances. He's great in it, but I don't think he would have won. If Nicholson I'd, had been nominated, he might have won because it's. A I think he would have won. Chewing role. Oh, what do I, I've told you the story about Damon talking about Nicholson, right? In that movie. Uh, I don't remember where he's jerking off in the theater or something. No. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah, I went to the movies with Nicholson once, and he just started well, jacking no, it's, it. Well, no, it's in the movie that that wasn't in the script. He just pulled out the dildo or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's another example of that. He was on – I don't remember who he was. He was on Bill Simmons, I think. But he was talking about um, – Nicholson stopped him to talk about, like, a scene and talking to Marty about it. And, like, apparently, as the story continues, like, Damon's, like, ready to be done with the story, but Nicholson's still talking to him. But he's like, you know, I come from the Roger Corman school, and, you know, I don't need a lot of money – but so like it's the scene where he um they execute the 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 couple, right? In like the marsh. It's like a oh, cutaway, yeah, yeah. right? And he's like, so the scene says yeah, they shoot him. He's like, so you can end the scene there, or if you leave the if you leave the camera rolling, I could turn to him and go, geez, she fell funny. And, you know, that's fucked up because that means I've seen other people fall and she fell differently. And he's like, Oh yeah, no, Jack, I got that. He's like, that's great then. But if you leave the camera rolling and it just continues on like that, you can turn and be like, oh, I think I want to fuck her again. And, you know, that's awful because it means he's had sex with her already and raped her. But it also means he's okay, like with necrophilia. And if you leave the camera and you get the way Matt Damon's telling, he's like, I just, I, I'm good. Like, I want to leave. <laughs> and it just continue, like, continues on with like, eh, I'm kidding. Like, just like the idea of Nicholson just like building out this scene. And it's like all the things work. It's just like, he's like, he kind of is a genius. He's a madman, but he's also a genius. Uh, I love that story. It's because he's doing the Nicholson voice too. I'm just like, but if you leave the camera rolling, it's great. Um, what are we doing with this category? Are we keep, are we keeping or recalling? I'll recall. I'll keep. I'll keep it. All right. What would your choice have been? Um, out of this group, maybe Hansu, honestly. Gotta tell you, I might've gone Marky Mark. Oh, no. I, I think a couple years ago I might have gone Marky Mark. I just can't do oh, his good no conscience other... anymore. Yeah, yeah. He also has no other moves. It's I mean, his best no. performance, but like to what end? Exactly. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley is, is great, but man, it's he's good tough too, to but... vote for that. Well, I think yeah, I feel yeah. the exact same way. If it was any other movie, maybe can't yeah. can't go against Alan Arkin. But I would have I would have had Nicholson, Affleck. There were several I would have had as my as my preferred ones. Uh, yeah. I would have. I, I'll throw out one from Miles uh, from Joey's January. Anthony Mackie, half Nelson. Uh, I know you weren't like I, super I wouldn't into have it, nominated but, him for it. He's good, but he is good. Yeah. There's an there's an avenue to that role that I, I you don't see that character played that way often. No, well, and it was back when he was still up and coming. It was a few years before the Hurt Locker. Like it was, he, it was his he was, breakthrough. He was always an interesting actor, and if anything, I'm kind of disappointed that post marvel he doesn't take as many interesting roles well he's still in marvel well as in as once he started with yeah, marvel. yeah. i was like isn't he like notably in marvel now <laughs> like marvel onwards yes yes all right best actress helen mirren the queen if you recall your options are penelope cruz in volver judy dench notes on a scandal meryl streep the devil wears prada not a lead performance and kate winslet little children i'm recalling recall Recall. I'm going Kate Winslet. Uh, I'm going Judy Dench. I think it's her best performance. Oh damn! What were you going to um, say? You were going to say Cruz. I was thinking Cruz. Cruz would be my number two. Yeah, but 
You know what? Oh, damn it. You know, how would... Dashman <laughs> Winslet, are, I have plenty of... Uh, you know what? I'm going to... Oh, and then, then Mirren's the other option. You know what? Stick it. Cruises it is and keep it with Mirren. Okay. If these um, were like we, we all got what we want, and none of us got what we want. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I have to rewatch Notes on a Scandal, and it's then I would maybe really good. I remember it being like shockingly trashy, in like a good way, and like I thought it was classy. Oh, and also, I watched it was like Bill Bill Nye, maybe another snub for supporting actor yes. in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, best actor: Forrest Whitaker, The Last King of Scotland. If you recall, your options are Leonardo DiCaprio for I Can't Believe It's Not the Departed, um, Blood Diamond, Ryan Gosling, Half Nelson, Peter O'Toole, Venus, Will Smith, The Pursuit of Happiness. Recall. I would leave it. I'd leave it too. Um, I, I, I was voting Gosling. Yeah, I figured that. But I mean, I, I don't love this lineup, so. It's, it's not an amazing lineup. And Whitaker, I think, just stands head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, I, I, it should I be DiCaprio in The Departed. If it was DiCaprio and The Departed, we might have something, but it's exactly. Blood Diamond, so no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in this country, it's bling-bang. Yeah, you're like, what? What is this? <laughs> uh, director, Martin Scorsese, The Departed. If you recall, you're a monster, but your options are uh, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu, Babel, Clint Eastwood, Letters from Iwo Jima, Stephen Frears, The Queen, and Paul Greengrass, United 93. Not a bad think... lineup, but I would leave it. Yeah. I'd What's say your recall, second choice? just for the hell of it. I'll, you know what? I'll say recall, even though I want Scorsese, because I'm just going to say Paul Greengrass. Well, Greengrass that's... would be my second. That's where I would be going, Greengrass. We just took an Oscar away from Martin Scorsese. No, I didn't agree to the recall. Hold on. <laughs> okay, whatever. Okay, fine, fine, fine. It's it's still Scorsese, but we all have our second choice. Uh, okay, I'm fine with that. Play that. Someone, someone rewind the tape. Yeah. Moonlight, you guys won. Um... Best picture. Departed it wouldn't be wins. the first time one of these where the answer has literally changed mid-answer. <laughs> That's true. Um, Wait a second. You're voting for what? Oh, uh, yeah. uh, no recall. That's why I go last. Um, the Departed wins. Best picture. If you recall, your options are Babel, Letters from Iwo Jima, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Queen. Uh, I would leave it. I'll leave it. Uh, I would leave it, but my second choice was Little Miss Sunshine. Same here. That's fair. Yeah, it was a, it's a close one, but man, you know, it's it's tough. I wouldn't want to take, even though we didn't take away officially, but uh, I wouldn't want to take away two because so it deserves praise. We, uh, all we did was take most of the same plus take one away from Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, I don't That's feel funny. great about that, but fine. That's funny. Um, excellent. All right. Uh, we'll do another one of those next week. We haven't done those in a while. They're fun. Um, also, it's still kind of like off hours for Oscar stuff. Uh, Miles, say where you can be followed and give me. Um, oh, we want. Do you want to talk uh, in, in lieu of like a give me a thing? You're going to be watching slash writing about a few things coming up. Oh, you want to tee yeah, that I can, up? I can tease some of those. Sure. Um, so you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M Y L E S on Film. Uh, also on Instagram at Marvelous Miles. Uh, stay tuned for updates about my uh, new film project, which between episodes I did finish filming. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, uh, as far as coverage for the site, I'm going to be uh, looking at the uh, new Dario Argento documentary Panico, which I'm very excited to look at. Comes and, out tomorrow uh, as you listen to this. 
Yes. So uh, on Shutter, watch it sometime between today and tomorrow. Sure. Um, but well, the Joey's January took up a lot of my bandwidth, to be honest. That's fine. Um, and then uh, at some time after that, I'll be taking the bullet for one you were never going to watch, which yeah. is uh, Sting, a uh, spider-centric horror movie. Yes, which um, did you did you see the publicist response when I first was like, I'm totally going to give this to someone else? Yeah, which I was like, oh, that means it's like going to be rough. You're, it means you're not the only one to make this. Yeah, request. I think people have. I think some people have been like, nope. And I was like, oh, I cannot watch this movie, but I would like someone else to. And then I will read the Wikipedia synopsis at some point. There you go. Um, yeah. Well, at least it's one spider as opposed to many. That other one I told you about is many. The French one. Oh, um, yeah. And this one's like it's a it's a practical effect, right? I I mean, we'll find or out. Or is it CGI? I guess you'll find out. There's that one image that, like, whatever. Um, we're going to have to have a conversation about the images we're going to use for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it depends what's out. I mean, if they've that's only true. got the one image, then that's what we're using, I assume. Yeah, maybe there's like a logo for the, the poster that just is the words thing we can use. Uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, you, can just Steve, include, you can just include a photo of Sting, like this, uh, the artist. The wrestler? Oh, the wrestler. Or maybe the wrestler and the artist like looking at each other. No, um, you, gotta do, you do Sting in the thong from the original Dune. Okay. Maybe there'll be a cameo in the new one. Uh, Steve, say we're going to be followed, and if you got anything exciting coming up, uh, spill it. All right. You can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd and Instagram at FilmSnork. Um, I have some things I've put out recently. One that I was really, uh, really enjoyed that I think people will as well is my TV Topics interview with David Risdahl from Fargo. He plays Wayne, Juno, Juno Temple's husband, um, which also, if you are a Fargo fan or if you haven't watched Fargo yet, it is an excellent season. It it kind of stands alone where the other ones have more connective tissue. This one is a standalone. So if you haven't tried Fargo and you want to get into it, you can do that. Or I'd is highly there like recommend a fantasy element to this one. Uh, I mean, I, is there is there a there's always like a hundred years always old? A little bit of like kind of there's always something that's a little offbeat. Uh, maybe well, at least in th- four of the seasons, I believe. Um, there's a certain amount of, uh, maybe, no, maybe not all four seasons. I can't recall, uh, the first season as well, but there's, there's something to it. Yeah. There's, I wouldn't say fantasy, but there's, is there, is there a 500 year old character on this? Uh, there might be. Yes. Okay. I was like that. Someone said that. I was like, what, what is going on? What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, all right. But they don't, it's not played up that much, but I mean, it, it really, it really comes together well and it all. Uh, like when I that first came about, I was like, "Hmm, that's a choice." And then by the time it was done, I was like, "Thanks for all the choices. I, I really enjoyed it." But this okay. interview is excellent. He gets so deep into the character, and he also gets a, a, really into uh, what his, you know, what his process is, and 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 some of the things he does as an actor. One of them is watching The Office, um, the Steve Carell Office, which he says he loves it. You know, a, a character can take one line and make it so impactful. But uh, if you're an actor or if you're a fan of the show or uh, just hearing, you know, people uh, dig into television, give it a listen. TV Topics mm. on Awards Radar. Okay. Uh, you can find me at Joey Magidson, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff. Awards Radar is on several things. Um, upcoming, you know, reviews and crap like that. 
Oscar articles and um, some interesting interviews. Uh, Going to be talking to America Ferreira for Barbie, um, the costume designer for Barbie. That's been a long time coming. Uh, doing some visual effects interviews. And um, I think the most interesting one, assuming it happens, is I am interviewing the dog from Anatomy of a Fall. Wow. Yeah. That'll be rough. <laughs> sure, have a lot to say. I mean, I hope so. I'm I'm also considering uh, outsourcing that interview. It's possible awards radar's executive vice president, my dog, will be doing that interview. Nice. Like if I can figure a way to do way to do that, I think that's worth doing, right? Yeah, oh, you for can sure. Make it work. I I have no idea how to practically make that work. I think the end result will be like maybe I will figure out a way to sit on the floor and do the interview and have the dog with me. But uh, yeah, no, it, I kind of wish there was a way to like just have both of the two dogs like on camera and like that's what it is for ten minutes. Just two dogs barking at each other. <laughs> yeah, like, or like not even sniffing. It would be. It would have been better if it was uh, in person in New York. But then we would have had the problem of like awards radar executive vice president sexually assaults dog from Anatomy of a Fall, or vice yeah. versa. Like that is a a thing I mean, that happens. There's with other dogs. ways you can phrase that, but go on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you mean uh, Benny's dating uh, Snoop? Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, so that'll be an interesting. I think also perhaps um, Sandra Uller and um, Justine Triet and stuff like that. But I was very interested in the idea of like, wait, I can interview the dog? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Um, confirm or deny, who is a good boy? All right, that'll be interesting. We've been doing this long enough. Um, let too us long. know what we should fill in. Yes, four years too long. Um, let us know what we should fill in our, our sort of downtime with. If you guys have a game we've played you like, if you like these recalibrations, uh, suggest one. And uh, yeah, so good stuff. All right. Until next week, um, be safe. We will see you guys at the movies. And um, go see Lisa Frankenstein. It's really good. I can't wait. Mm, we'll talk about it in two weeks for you. Yes, it's our, my, our designated uh, Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> we won't be recording on the 14th. Excellent. All right. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.